Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hope you had a great weekend, everyone. Welcome to another week and a Monday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you. And uh packed show with lots to get to. Busy weekend for the Winnipeg Jets. Ice and Moose in action as well. Full slate of games in the National Football League. We'll get to all of it with our guest Dave Poulin coming up in a few minutes. And then Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press a little later on. And again, if you miss Thursday and Friday, marbles. All week long, all next week, as the Consolidated Supply Tournament of Champions is underway. Two races in the books, 10 more to go, six qualifiers already, three more marbles will make the cut for the final race to win a pair of bomber season tickets courtesy of Consolidated Supply later on in today's show. So make sure to be joining us around here at uh, 2.45 p.m. And listen, if you're listening to the podcast right now, a little after the fact, throw a little reminder on your on your phone or your watch. 2.45 daily will open up registration for your chance to win those Bomber season tickets and uh, qualify for the final race here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, huge thanks to Consolidated Supply for making all this happen, as well as the rest of our great group of sponsors, including Princess Auto, Not Auto Corp., Cool Bet Canada, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Culligan Water, Boston Pizza, Canadian Club Whiskey, Little Brown Jug Brew, and of course our great friends Nick and Nicky over at the Nick and Nicky DQ Group. Well, the winning streak is over. The Jets, though, in first place. Michael Remus joins me now to break it all down from a busy weekend in sports. What's up, Reem? How are you? How was your big party on Friday night? Yeah, Christmas parties are back. Yeah, I had a nice one Friday. I was at the was at a restaurant. I rented the restaurant, and they had TVs on, um, on like fire log, the fire log, and like playing the Grinch uh, movie. And like I was sitting with some guys, and I'm like, so like who wants to step up and ask them to put on the Jets game here? Who's gonna do it? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I guess I'll be that guy. I'm all, that's I'm you always, are that guy. You're I'm, absolutely I, always that guy. that guy. And they're just like trying to convince me to do like you'd be doing the whole party. A huge, you'd be doing a huge favor, um, a, a huge service, fa- if you will. You'd be doing a service, and so they put it on a couple of TVs, so we watch it. I'm always that guy. I do feel like you know, so you go to some restaurants, maybe not sports focused, and they don't, have, they have like nothing on the TV. You put any random game on, um, you see people at the wood start talking to each other, ordering more drinks. You got to pay attention to those TVs if you're it's in good the for restaurant. Business. Yes, good for business. You can't be having like the news on it. No one, no one's paying attention. They need just some. Random game sparks conversation. Uh, people ordering more food when you have games on. Enjoying There's themselves. There's a party more. planner right now. There's a party planner right now listening to this dissertation. Yes. Shocked and angered with these takes. You know, I'm sure there was someone that spent a lot of time planning a great night out for everyone that was involved in the Christmas party, and they probably had particular things on the screens for a exact reason to you know get that holiday spirit of the party. Like, no, get the game on, folks. We yes. need to pay attention Look, to you, the game. There were a ton of TVs. You can have a lot of TVs on the log or the Grinch, but like just like one or two with the Jets game. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, well, you know what? Let's start off on Friday because obviously a little more fun to talk about a win than a loss. We'll get to both of them. Um, pretty impressive performance. Now, 
Listen, the Jets were on the second end of back-to-back. I love what Rick Bonus had to say in the uh, locker room afterwards when he was congratulating his team on another win. Um, you know, he talked about the schedule. It was quick. And he said, no excuses. We came to play tonight, got the win. Um, and that is something that there has not been any of in Winnipeg Jetland this year is excuses. They've moved on past losses, and we'll hope to see them do again tomorrow in a first-place matchup with the Vegas Golden Knights, the top two teams or top the teams on top, the top two divisions in the Western Conference right now. I don't know what my takeaways were from the Friday game more. Jets finding a way to get it done in a tough spot on the schedule, back-to-back, three games in four nights, all that, or just how lifeless the Chicago Blackhawks looked at time, Remo. That was, uh, if you're a Hawks fan, remembering how great those teams were in the past, it has to be depressing to see what's happened with that hockey club this season. Yeah, a couple takeaways from that game on Friday. One, the Jets can win back-to-back in-division road games. I think that's pretty big, even if you think the Blackhawks are terrible. And while the Jets weren't at their best, they were able to got it out. Shout out to Adam Lowry, who had one of his two goals on the weekend on Friday. And he's more than halfway to his total, uh, last year's total. And it's kind of funny. I keep thinking about him, like an image of him dragging around the grand piano on his back, Christian <laughs> Veselainen. And you almost wonder like how many more points he could have had because he was great in the second half last year once Veselainen was kind of uh, you know removed from, from his line. And this year he's off to a great start. Too. And then, yes. I'm feeling pretty good about those preseason hot takes we had on the program. And one of those predictions was that Adam Lowry has a career year and beats his all time goal total and scores 15 or more this season. He's certainly on a pace to do that and is so important for this team in so many different ways, but is actually getting rewarded around the net and, um, you know, helping his team win some hockey games. Yeah, he got another one yesterday, but watching Chicago, man, it's really sad. Like, that's a classic original six team. And for them to be like intentionally tanking this hard, it does remind me of you know what led up to them getting uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. But then you're watching Kane and Taves. You know they were there for the glory years. And I remember you know when the Jets came into the league, they go into Chicago and they would get you know pretty blown on. There were a couple of games where Michael Hutchinson, I remember, stood on his head. But uh, that was not that was not the Chicago team that we saw. And I, you do have to wonder, like, like let's get, let's free Patrick Kane, let's get him onto a good team, whether it's L.A. or the Rangers or the Sabers, although they're not going to may not be in the playoffs, but some good Buffalo. team. Some, oh, some, I love that idea. Well, hey, he's from he's from Alex Buffalo. Alex Tuck's come back, been the hometown yeah. hero, been such a big part of it. Wouldn't that be wild if they signed Patrick Kane next year? Buffalo, yeah. They need de- they need de- uh, defense and a goalie, but yeah, I mean the coming home narrative. Hey, it's worked for Alex Tuck. There's no problem scoring goals. The Sabers. I am. Cu- I'm more curious what happens with Kane uh, rather than than Taves. Uh, Kane, I think he's still uh, contributing at, at an elite level, but I mean he's uh, playing on a line with like Max Domi and Andreas Athanasiu. It's it's, it's got to be tough with our Taylor Radish, like whoever. Yeah, like whoever's whoever's out there. So I do wonder. I'm very curious where he. Where he ends up, uh, Patrick Kane, but very, yeah, well, and very, very as sad. Well. And you know what? Listen, every time, you know, the Jets play the Blackhawks this season, and it's happened a couple times in the past couple weeks, you know, we start hearing more and more people online, you know, throwing around the idea of what Jonathan Taves would look like in a Jet jersey. Bottom line right now is they need some bodies. Um, you know, another couple big injuries on the weekend. Saku Menelainen out long-term. Logan Stanley, man, what a terrible streak of luck he's on. 
he's out as well. Um, but are, are I'm interested in. Let me actually let's throw this out for the why not question of the day today. Um, what would you like to see Jonathan Taves as an acquisition for this season? Not necessarily thinking about the future. Um, and what would you be willing to part with from a Jets perspective to get in the lineup if you are, um, if you're into the idea of bringing Taves home to a team that certainly looks destined to the playoffs right now, um, and what he'd be able to do for uh, for the club? It's it's nice to see him back and playing, and I'm not going to say thriving because of how bad the team is, Remo. But the fact of the matter is that Jonathan Taves is back, looking far more like the guy that we remember than the guy that really struggled through the last couple seasons, including missing an entire year off the ice. Yeah, and both those guys have full no move, so they can dictate where they go and, um, you know, high salary cap. I don't know if Taves necessarily fit. They seem to be set uh, down the middle, but maybe you do push Lowry down and put Gustafson on the wing and Taves would be your third. Center. I don't know if he wants to, if he's interested in, you know, in deciding to come here, but... I do think those guys need to get out of Chicago and get onto a team that's trying to win. It It is sad, I think, looking at Kane and Taze remembering the glory days and looking at this roster, ne- roster now. It shouldn't be. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, anyways, back to that game. Um, David Riddich got another win. The Jets had won four straight, coming back home to begin this homestand that opened up last night against the Washington Capitals. And, you know, it's interesting, Remo. I've heard a number of people talk about this game, talk to a few folks afterwards. And I, listen, when you lose a game the way the team did, down 4 nothing, and then spirited third period trying to get back in the game that, you know, just fell short, there'll be different opinions on how things went. I, I'll be honest. From my perspective, I didn't hate the game the Jets had. I could have had maybe a little bit more energy in the first period. This wasn't a start, though, on the level of the Anaheim game or what happened in Columbus last week at home. To me, the game really came down to special teams, and that will be a common a common topic on this program over the course of the season. I mean, you'll often have two teams that, you know, for better or worse, are pretty much play quite even at five-on-five, five, and the difference is what you do with your power play opportunities. And you know, the Jets ended up being 0 for 3 on the power play. The Caps were 1 for 2 on the PP, but maybe the biggest moment is the in the game was the penalty shot goal that the Caps scored while shorthanded. And um, that, you know, was a time where the Jets were really pushing. They had a great opportunity with a four-minute four power play. And to end up, you know, giving one up in the fashion that they did, I think really put that comeback, um, you know, made it a, a far bigger hill to climb. That being said, the Jets came out, got a couple early in the third period. And, um, you know, I was, uh, listen, I thought that they might have a chance to really get back into that one. Unfortunately, it fell just short in the Washington Capitals and the Jets a home loss. Um, but I don't know. What did you think about last night's game? Yeah. Was that a penalty shot? Like I've seen, I've seen, you know, more than that, not get called um, on, was a Morrissey on uh, Marcus Johansson. Well, shorthand. The answer to that question is yes, but you're also correct that there has been some times where they've just decided to make an even up call and not give the penalty yeah. shot. But I, I can't say that I thought that that shouldn't have been one. Yeah. And look, the Jets came in and they had a four game win streak. And I said last week, like if you win or lose one for every three and now four, I, you're going to be in a good spot throughout the season. You look at uh, the numbers here. I mean, some of it is kind of, you know, the push the Jets had in the third, and, you know, down a lot of caps sitting back a bit. But I mean, they had more shot attempts. 
They had more high danger scoring chances, more scoring chances. And I agree with you. Um, even though it was four nothing and they got the one, you know, I kind of I didn't think that they were totally out of it. And they did have a number of chances there early in the third. Um, they got the one, so to make it what four two. And then maybe you thought maybe if they got a third one, they could really uh put some pressure on. It wasn't to be. Um, you know, it wasn't their night. I don't think it wasn't like um other games where, you know, Bones has to come out and blast them. You know, sometimes you just it's not your night and you don't win and Look, they'll turn the page, and you know, thankfully, it was a a game out of conference, not an in division or in conference game. And I think you know, losing those are a bit easier than you know losing to Dallas or Minnesota. But uh, you'll come back and play Vegas, who they haven't played great this year, and you know, turn the page. And you kind of knew also has, um, and it was on an empty netter, but Ovechkin like scoring against the Jets seems to be like lock every time. Well, no, what's a lock every time is that the Capitals win, Ovi's getting an empty netter. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that's been a lock too. Four empty netters yeah. in three games last week. Yeah. Now, hey, credit to the team for being up and giving him the opportunity to do that. Listen, my penalty shot take is not getting a lot of love in the chat right now. Um, there is a number of people saying that that absolutely was not a penalty shot. I mean, I don't know. The way I saw it, he was just about to shoot and he got whacked. And that often by definition... A stick check. Is a stick check. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what, I'm not surprised that there would be some people that said that they didn't like it. I mean, I think it could have gone either way for sure. Um, and there's just not a lot of consistency right now with the way that has been called so far in the National Hockey League this year. That being said, uh, the Jets needed to make the most of their power plays, and um, they weren't able to do it. And I think really the special teams battle was, um, in my opinion, the difference in that game. Um, but Overall, man, the Jets are still rolling. A great week last week with four straight wins. Now the big question, Rima, was going to be to see how they bounce back against a Vegas Golden Knights team that comes in fresh off a loss to the Boston Bruins. We'll focus in on that a little bit later on, of course, on tomorrow's show, getting ready for puck drop. Uh, but let's get to Rick Bonus from yesterday. Um, Bones spoke afterwards on... Um, First loss in a while for his hockey club, and uh, here's what the Winnipeg Jets head coach had to say about the 4-2 loss to the Caps. Or 5-2, I guess. We didn't have our legs early, so it was clear. So, and they were jumping on us. I thought as the first period went on, we got our legs going again. Um, clearly, the, the second period, the coverage on their first goal was a complete breakdown for us. Um, power play hurters giving up that you get a four minute and you give up the, uh, the breakaway and the penalty shot and just kind of set you on your heels a little bit against a veteran hockey club they know how to play I liked how we finished the second period the last four minutes and then we thought we had a we thought we were we, we felt we were still in the game and we and we were uh, we made it four two and we just didn't get that third goal and you know you start trading chances but that's the only way you're going to get back in the game. So uh, give them credit. They uh, they bent a little bit. They didn't completely break. And we just didn't capitalize on some of those. We had some really good looks at the end of the second, but it helped to get one of theirs. We hit the post. We had some really good looks. And uh, their goalie made some timely saves for them. All right, so there's Rick Bonus with a little bit of synopsis of the Jets' 5-2 loss last night on home ice to the Washington Capitals. And, and you know, the one thing that stood out to me was how different of a tone he had after that game in a loss 
than he did the previous Sunday in a win against the Anaheim Ducks. Now, obviously, the level of competition, not quite comparable with Anaheim and where Washington is right now. But Rick Bonus hated the start of his team last week and said as much afterwards, and we spent quite a bit of time talking about that last week and how, in a lot of ways, it set the tone for the Panthers game and what they did on the road in St. Louis and Chicago. Yesterday, they said it was all the sorts of things that, you know, honestly do happen when you've played as much as the Winnipeg Jets have. And he certainly didn't mention any excuses or use it up as, but didn't focus on that as much and focused on the positive, the way that the team did, to use his term, get their legs back and certainly fight to get back in the game, even though they fell up short. Yeah, I was kind of thinking after game, how is he going to play this one? Um I don't think you can go to the, I'm not a babysitter. Uh, we have to start better. You can't do that every time. We kind of use that card. I also don't last think week. that last night called for that. You no. know, I think that wouldn't have been, I mean, listen, there's a time and a place for everything. And he shot his shot the week before. And I think that message still resonates within the dressing room. Yeah, I, I think so. I think they, look, you, you can't win, you can't win every game. Uh, you know, the special teams was a difference. As you said, they had some chances there in the third. And I think you turn the page. And you move on. There doesn't change what we think of this hockey team. They're still first place in the central division. So, you know, move on. And I think they did have, you know, they did show a nice push there in the fourth. And it was, didn't feel like it was like in the past where it was like, ah, too little, too late. You thought they actually had a chance maybe to pull this one out. Well, here's another clip from Bones uh, just talking about how there was a belief amongst the Winnipeg Jets that they were still in that game when they were down four. He talked about the push at the end of the second and certainly the way the third period started. Here's Bonus. We can score, uh, like especially the way we finished the, the last four minutes, five minutes of that second period. We we just talked today and we're still in this thing. Uh, there's been a lot of comebacks in this league and we got that early first one that helped. Getting the second one helped. We just didn't get that third one. But we did not go into that third period on our heels thinking, okay, this game's over. We thought we still had a chance. Well, they certainly did. And Adam Lowry and Pierre-Luc Dubois cut the deficit in half in what the first three and a half minutes of the period. And it was really game on. Um, they did found, they did fall just short, though, as Alex Ovechkin popped one in the empty net. And the uh, Caps leave with a 5-2 win, which does bring up, and we're going to talk about this with Dave Poulin in a few minutes on the program, a big matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights. And up until this point, Reem, it was only the Vegas and Toronto games at home the only consecutive losses that the Winnipeg Jets have had all season long. And that, if anything, is the mark of a good team, being able to limit losing streaks and stack up wins when you get on a little bit of a roll. That has happened so far. Big test tomorrow night, though. And uh, Bones was asked about the way his team has been able to bounce back after losses earlier this year. We're a good team. We're in first place. We're, we're a good team. We'll bounce back. You know, you know, we haven't played well against Vegas. We've played terrible the two games in there. So um, we've we've got a really good team coming in again. And, um, and we know we're a lot better tonight. We know we're a lot better than what we showed in Vegas. So now we've got to bounce back. All right. So there's Rick Bonus talking about his team's ability to bounce back, which they have done. But also, what was interesting in that comment, Reem, is the acknowledgement of just how poor the Jets have been against Vegas so far this season. I mean, you haven't been able to, you know, cite very many nights where the Jets just really were out of it. Certainly, David Riddich's first start, where it was 4 nothing before you could basically even open your eyes 
uh, and, and, you know, tune into the game was a real downer. But the way that they fought back in the second and third period, I think, showed some positives that have, you know, helped the team go forward. All that being said, um, big opportunity for the Jets to test themselves against the Pacific Division leading team. And you can already, I think, get a little bit of a, little bit of an opening into what Rick bonus is going to have to say for his team that, you know, they need to be a hell of a lot better against a team that's worked them pretty good in their two previous meetings this season. Yeah. That, I mean, one of those games was, was back to back, um, is early in the season. I can make all the excuses. They had the weird schedule. They traveled out West twice in a month, like back to back weeks. So it was weird. Um, although that game, they should have had a better showing in that second game, uh, where Hellbuck stood on his head and, Jack Eichel uh, danced around them in the final seconds of overtime for the winner. Uh, Vegas, they've battled some injuries. I think uh, what Theodore has been hurt. Uh, Eichel's been hurt over the last week. Well, kind of. I guess we'll wait and see in the morning skate who's available. Uh, they did lose yesterday to Boston. So yeah, I'm expecting. A, I'm expecting a good game. And look, the Jets. They haven't had a lot of losing streaks. Just the one, as you said, Vegas, and they put a lot of win streaks. Remember, it was a couple years ago, as the Jets couldn't even get a three game winning streak and now they've got a couple in the last uh in the last two weeks so uh we'll see how it goes uh, i think it should be a great a great matchup and look the jets will have home ice and i think home ice has been has been pretty huge for them just when you look at their record um what is it 10-4-0 at home and 8-4-1 on the road so the gap's kind of closing but uh i do like their i like how the way they've played at home well, a couple big games, as we mentioned, tomorrow against the Vegas Golden Knights and then Thursday with the middling Nashville Predators who sort of sit in that middle area right now, the Central Division with Dallas and Winnipeg at the top and then just five points separating Colorado, Minnesota, Nashville, and St. Louis. Then obviously you've got Arizona and Chicago at the bottom of the division. Uh, just one more from Bones who provided us a little injury update after both Saku Menelainen and Logan Stanley went down over the past couple of games. Is there, what can you tell us about Menelainen and Stanley? They're, they're out for a long time. Long term? Yeah. Okay. They're, they're a month. Well, you're not, uh, they're not coming back tomorrow. They're, they're out for long term. And with Logan, was it a recurrence or was it a different injury? On Logan? With Logan? No, that's totally, totally different okay. injury. Yeah. Yeah, the other ankle's fine from what what he had. The broke, yeah. So no, that's it's not related. All right, bad news for um, for Big Stan Logan Stanley, who uh, you know certainly by the numbers in his play had been playing some of his most effective as a National Hockey Leaguer. His second long term injury of the season, and Sacramento Linen Remu had been such a you know a great story so far this year, sort of coming from off the radar, coming back from Europe, making the team being a regular playing with Adam Lowry for a good portion of the season. He's going to be out long-term as well. And that of course opened up an opportunity for a recall. And, you know, we'd speculated it likely would be Dominic Toninato who was just sent down. It wasn't, it was our guy, Stenny, Kevin Stenland getting the call up. And he of course is a very big, big body. We talked about how much he looked in stature compared to Blake Wheeler in training camp. Um, has done well with the Manitoba Moose. He gets the call up, and I'm not sure whether this is related to the physical nature and how big he is, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the Jets lineup. I thought he was impressive earlier on this season in training camp and with the Manitoba Moose. And um, I, It was interesting, though, to see Stanny get the call up, and I'm not sure how 
much that is related to losing a big 6-4 guy in Menelainen, but uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him get a look at some point this week. Stanny, what, he's having a pretty good season with the Moose. Us, uh, he's got 14 points in 19 games, listed about six foot four. You know, we kept saying in training camp how he reminded us about Blake Wheeler. Um, I think it's kind of like an ice hockey thing, like Nintendo ice hockey. You got the big guy going <laughs> out. Always goes back theory. to Nintendo ice hockey. He's got to take out the big guy, got to <laughs> replace him with another big guy. So I don't. Maybe they look. They say they bring guys up. They don't want him to. Um, they don't want them to sit and not play. And maybe he'll get into a game. We'll have to wait and see. Well, Dominic Tonadato, of course, was with the Moose, who um, split on the weekend. They got absolutely smoked on Friday night, losing 7-0, uh, but bounced back with a 2-1 win in Abbotsford Saturday. And should give a shout-out to the Winnipeg Ice. The Ice had a little bit of a blip, a couple losses recently. Uh, not the case on the weekend uh, with a 6-1 win on fr- or 6-3 win against Spokane on Friday night. And then a resounding 6-1 win over the Regina Pats. Of course, many top young stars in the Western League heading out to Halifax to get ready for the World Juniors. That'll be something we'll certainly touch on over the course of the next couple weeks heading into camp. Uh, But we're focused in on the Winnipeg Jets right now. And a big one tomorrow night against the Vegas Golden Knights. That and more on the Jets coming up in just a minute with David Poulin. And Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press as well a little bit later on. Um, we do want to once again congratulate Paulette and Peter, our winners of the first Wallace and Wallace Unsung Hero Award. Uh, great feedback on that. We're working on those jerseys, but really looking forward to presenting them with an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey. Uh, and gang, we're looking forward to announcing another unsung hero at the end of the month. Um, And this is a perfect time. You know, there's a lot of people right now that need help. And there's a lot of people that very quietly and selflessly are helping those in need around the holidays. And we want to hear about them. Let us know the person in your life, in your community, that's making a difference, whether it be through volunteer work, good deeds, random acts of kindness, um, or just consistent, selfless time commitment to things like minor sports programs, or other charities here in Winnipeg and Manitoba. What we need from you is to send us an email at unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. We'll put those together. We'll pick a winner at the end of the month, post-Christmas season. And as we mentioned, the winners of the Unsung Hero will be getting an autographed jersey courtesy of Jetstar defenseman Josh Morrissey. And Wallace and Wallace is going to make a $500 donation in the name of the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener who nominated the unsung hero. And that donation is going to be matched $500 by Josh and Margot Morrissey, all going to the Dream Factory. If you'd like to support the Dream Factory as well, go to winnipegsports.com slash links, or you can click in the description for it. Find out more on the Dream Factory and make your nominate or make your donation. But right now, we want to hear about the people that are making a difference in our community. So hit us up, unsung hero at winnipegsportstalk.com. Don't forget, Marbles, the consolidated supply Marbles Tournament of Champions continues today. 245 will open up registration. Your chance to win a pair of blue bomber season tickets from our friends at Consolidated Supply. And while I know a lot of people are planning for 2023 right now, landscaping projects, irrigation, and more, Consolidated Supply is the place for that. 
But one thing you might want to look at stat right now is their incredible selection of hot tubs. Was in a hot tub on the weekend outdoors. There is nothing like it in this Winnipeg winter to be able to step outside and get into the tub. Consolidated has an incredible selection of hot dog of hot tubs. So check them out now. Pop down and see them in person. Open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East. Or check them out online at their new fully relaunched website at cte.ca. And hey, if you're looking for great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, Fight a Health Fresh Market has you covered. And hey, with the holiday season here, why not give the gift of health? Fight a Health has so many gift options for your loved ones. Essential oils, candles, artisan soaps, bath bombs, lotions, chocolates, you name it. And you can also stock up on some of your favorite holiday food items like stuffing cranberry sauce, non-alcoholic wines and drinks, perfect for entertaining, and more. And by the way, you can also pre-order your natural free-run turkey in-store today. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives, family-owned for over 70 years. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. And a big happy holidays to Donnie and the gang over at Manitoba Battery. I know they got, uh, well, with that blast of minus 30 we got earlier last week, they have been busy. Folks, if you think you might need a new battery, don't wait until you're calling for a ride. What I would suggest you do is head on down to Manitoba Battery. See our friends Donnie and the gang. They'll test your battery and let you know how much life it has left in it. Or if you know that you need one, Save time and money by giving them a call and they'll deliver it to you same day as long as you get that order in by 3 p.m. Best prices in town, shopping local, and save time and money by not even having to leave your house. Give them a call at Manitoba Battery or you can order online at manitobabattery.com. And don't forget, we focus in on cars right now because of the time of the year, but Manitoba Battery literally has batteries for everything, all at the best prices. Pop down and see them. 1026 Logan Avenue. All right, Hammer coming up a little later on, but let's start off the week with one of our favorites, TSN hockey analyst Dave Poulin joins us now for the latest on the Jets on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Pooley, what's up? How was your weekend? My weekend was good. Uh, pretty, It was pretty soccer intensive, I got to be honest with you. It, you have to, right? You've committed this far into the tournament. Gotta go watch the games. And you, as much as I was a Netherlands guy, but a great penalty kick goal. And you got to stay with it. You're, I'm a sports fan, and you're watching the best in the world. And so it was, it was fun. It was fun right through, and um, I'm looking forward to the next two games. Oh, they're going to be great. You know, I couldn't help but think with uh, my friends when I was watching the France-England game that one way or the other, with about 30 minutes in this, left in that game, Someone was either going to be an all-time hero or someone was going to be an all-time GOAT. I mean, the scope and the pressure on everyone involved in these games is almost unlike anything you could imagine. We'll be talking about it for years. And listen, I had to feel bad for Harry Kane. I mean, he beautifully hit that first one uh, and then missed the net on one that, you know, he'll honestly probably never go a week or a day without being reminded of that miss. I don't think he will go. Uh, I think a day is being generous. Uh, we could go down to hours. Um, that's going to haunt him for sure. And it's a shame because the right guy was there and he'd done it earlier in the game. He's one of the best at what he does. But then then flip flip coins and say, it was Lionel Messi. Like, really? 
Like how good is Messi that he doesn't get back? Right? He's in the same situation. And you know, who I so what do I do, right? I'm I'm a hockey guy. I flash back to guys I want taking penalty shots in key moments or with the puck on their stick in the key moment to win me a Stanley Cup. Like that's how how can I not think like that? Uh, so it's fun to watch. Well, there's some interesting, you don't have to spend too much time on this, but an interesting, you know, leadership quotient of that, specifically with the Argentina and the Brazil shootouts. Right. Neymar's hanging around to be the fifth guy so he can be the hero, hopefully, on that final shot, doesn't get to shoot. Well, they throw Messi out first. He sets the tone, gets the great one, gets them up, and obviously I want we him first. know how it ended I want up. Him first. Uh, I want him first. Well, hey, speaking of first, the Jets are still in first place. A little bit of a, a hiccup last night. Tough loss at home coming off the road against the Washington Capitals, who I thought were full marks. And, I mean, to me, that game really was a special teams game. And Washington deservedly got the two points. But um, it's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken. You know, the Winnipeg Jets have played a lot, and they've won a lot, Dave. I mean, how impressed have you been with what the team's been able to do since we've uh, last spoke, hanging on to first place in the Central? Okay, I'm going to take out one word out of your opening sentence. Still. I don't want the word still in first place. I want in first place. Okay? I like it. I like this it. Is, this, is, this is your sports psychologist working with you here, Andrew. Get rid of the word still. We're in first place. You're a Winnipeg Jack. And a couple things stand out. And even the game last night, as crazy as this sounds, at 4 nothing. I thought they were coming back. And, and, and for nothing, not before they scored two goals to start the comeback, and then had chances to make it 4-3. And also compound that with they had saves to keep it at 4-2. And so every bit of that ends up being a 5-2 loss, empty net goal, understood. There were aspects of it that showed me that this was a different team. And so I, I think that's something that's significant. Also, the most significant thing, I spend a lot of time looking at schedules and I look at how they break. And, and by the way, Winnipeg's isn't the only one right now that's doing this. Like it seems, if you look at it right now, it's kind of weird. Oh, we're away for two. We're home for one. We're away for two. We're home for two. Or It seems to be, I don't know if clunkier is the right word, but not as fluid as schedules have been in the past. And, and that's a bit of a challenge. Hmm. But the Reds appear on my schedule as losses. There's only one time this year when there's two red scores in a row. That's Vegas and Toronto early in the year. And that's what Winnipeg has done very effectively is bounce back after wins. And, and that's impressive. That's a huge step. And not only bounce back, but after each loss, have put together three or four or five wins. And so all of these things, I, I had a column when you were away about streaks. And it dealt with both positive and negative streaks. Because Jersey was in the middle of their the big winning streak. And, and, you know, there were teams that had put together, I think Boston at that point put together a couple of seven-game winning streaks. Um, St. Louis was all over the map. Three wins, eight losses, seven wins. Like poor Craig Bruby was bouncing off. He didn't know which side of the street he was on. But that's what Winnipeg has avoided is red streaks on their score sheet. And, and that's a sign that says we're a more mature or different hockey team. 
that's something I'm yeah, I mean, listen, I think a big part of it goes back to Rick Bonus, and this is something we've talked about <clears throat> repeatedly, but the way he's challenged his players, um, reminded them about the situation, focused in on the job at hand. And I think back to his little post-game speech to the club after the win in Chicago on Friday night. Um, you know, he walked in, obviously there was a bit of rah-rah, great game, guys, uh, and said, hey, you know, this is a tough spot, back-to-back, three and four games, and he said out loud, no excuses, good job, whatever, we'll see you tomorrow. And let's face it, we've heard a lot of excuses around this team for a long time, and it just seems like Rick's M.O. from day one of training camp has been to push everything that's outside of your control away and focus on winning hockey games and the buy-in has been there. And um, that's why we're looking at the jets in first place in the central division. Well, think of what an excuse is. An excuse is something that tells you everything's okay. And it's not, I mean, when you lose a game, something happened and it's not okay. Now there are games when which you play better than others and still don't have the outcome you wanted. That's that happens. But he doesn't tolerate that aspect of it, and I love it. And it's very candid. It's out in the open. It's a relationship is what it is, Andrew. It's when a relationship goes to a different level is when candor and transparency and all of those things happen, and you cut out all the other you know, factors, excuses, if you will. And right now, um, and, and, you know, and, like, what's one of the most prevalent excuses in sport? Well, we had some injuries. Well, guess what? Everyone has injuries. Everyone does. And you can say you had more than other teams did or different than other teams did. Yes, you did. But there's been no team in the history of the game that's had 18 skaters and two goaltenders play 82 games each. It just doesn't do, doesn't happen. So how do you handle that? And, you know, what you don't hear out of Winnipeg is that we've had no Nikolai Ewers. Don't hear that. And it's unfortunate. But think of the injection that player is going to give you when he gets back. And that's the way you look at it. And think of some of the emergencies. Does Cole Perfetti really get a chance to shine if Nikolai Ehlers is in the lineup? Maybe not. Maybe not to play in the same situations. By the way, you know, I went through, I don't work on the draft, but I'm there, right? I'm, I'm around. And I went through the different, conversations about Perfetti and, and um, you know, I have a, a good friend who's close to that situation, who's, whose son grew up with him and, and uh, who played with him growing up. And there were questions about that half step, that foot speed. And here's what I like about Cole Perfetti, Andrew. I think he's adjusted very well to the National Hockey He is smart, you can see everything, but when you've had something like that, it's not that you know, he wasn't the fastest kid growing up. We've talked about fastest kids because fastest kids don't have to learn how to play the game. Sometimes they just skate by you. Like if I'm faster than you, I don't have to figure out how to get by you. I just skate by you. But then he at some point had to figure out how to get by them. And the person I'll compare him to, I'm not comparing him to this person as a player. I'm comparing him to this person as a skill development aspect. And that's Mark Stone. When I asked Mark Stone why he was so good at stealing pucks, he laughed. He said, because I couldn't skate as fast as If I didn't steal it, I didn't touch it. The only way I could get it was to steal it. And but he became one of the best thieves in the history of the game with a great stick. 
Perfetti has learned a lot of the little nuances of the game because he wasn't the fastest. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're seeing right now. He, he's fully capable of NHL speed. He doesn't have warp speed. But he thinks the game so well, and to think it so well, that that translates to an NHL player. You know, while we're talking about Perfetti, one interesting thing, I mean, he's fits well with all of his line mates in the top six, has played big minutes, you know, certainly has been effective at times on the power play. We have not seen him in overtime this year, Dave. Um, pretty much at all, I don't believe. Is that probably because of that half step? I mean, the, the, the speed is so much more important in the three-on-three game than it is in five-on-five or on the power play in a normal 60? That may be the argument, but I'd put him out there with a sentiment that's going to win the face-off and start with the puck, and then I'd win the argument. So I think that's as much confidence and seniority for speed. You know, one guy that doesn't have any seniority on this team, but has become a fast fan favorite, and I think a real favorite of Rick Bonus, and has found himself in the top six, is Mikey Isimont. Um, he really wasn't in on the radar for the most part of most Jet fans at the beginning of the season. And to be honest, I'm not sure he was much for the coaching staff. Played a little bit in the preseason and was gone to the moose. Since his recall, Dave... He's played on the fourth line. He's played on the third line. He's played on the second line. He's contributed on the power play. And Rick Bonus talks about passion and energy. And at times, in somewhat of a negative way, that this team was lacking it earlier on in the year. And it seems like this guy brings it every single shift. I mean, I'm not sure how much you've seen of Acemont, but I mean, sometimes players do come sort of out of nowhere, at least to the collective fan base. And all of a sudden, he's here, and frankly, they've needed it. Metalinen's out as well. When you have the amount of injuries, someone needs to step up. But this young man has been that guy, and now what a story he's been right now for this team. You know you're talking to an undrafted free agent who, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who had to prove himself every step of the way, don't you? Um, you don't think I have a soft spot for a player like who emerges, who doesn't come you know, as heralded, who didn't play, you know, but but the thing is, is the fit, because that player sometimes doesn't, he's best suited in the American hockey because of top six guys. So to put him, he's got to prove something else. Look, everyone scored at some level, right? Everyone in the National Hockey League was the leading scorer in their team group. They just were. And even the guys that don't score at the National Hockey League level, chances are they were the leading scorer on a team growing up. You've got to learn to do other things. You've got to adjust. You've got to, you know, to add to your skill set, to your toolbox, all of those things. He's a pain to play against. You can see that. He's annoying in a positive way. He's relentless because he's had to be. He draws a penalty a game. He does because someone's annoyed at him. You don't think he was a pain to stand beside at the bus stop on your way to school? Like, seriously? (laughs) Can you picture the Andrew? He'd be <laughs> tweaking you every second. And and it also and it also this this many years later, you remember him at the bus stop. He's a memorable guy. And so I think that you know he's he's this isn't the first time he's had to prove himself. Just not. And he's proven himself each step of the way. But some don't get the chance to prove themselves at the highest level. Sometimes it's a coach. Sometimes it's a scout. Somebody said, bring him in. Somebody said, sign him. 
and it was someone who'd seen him play in the American League effectively. He back to college and said, hey, this is a guy that can help us in the situation. And maybe initially, it was to help the Moose. Maybe it was to provide depth. But to his credit, he's done it. And, you know, Dave, both Essimont and Jansen Harkins were both put on waivers, were sent down to the Manitoba Moose, and responded with point-of-game performances. Harkins, in particular, I think scored four and six, came back up when they got the opportunity, seemingly in a better chance to make a difference than before, and both of them haven't looked back and have passed a number of guys on the depth chart while doing it. There's no arc to this. There's not. And, and for some guys in their careers, it continues, you know, past when they and, you know, when do you finally make it when there's no question that you're going down and, and you think you're past that? Jansen Harkins probably thought he was past that coming into this season. And yet, hey, that was a probably a, and, it, and it humbles you and it knocks you down on a peg. And then you go down and you decide, look, I'm not going to let that happen again. And Rick Bonus has talked about how you control what you control. And that's what you're talking about right now. And you control your output, your energy level, your compete level. And when you get another chance, you're not going to let it go. The appreciation factor just grows. So give credit to both guys. Um, they handled it well. And also, you got to get a little bit of a lucky break that no one claimed them. And because, they're, you know, that's got to be part of it as well. You know, we were talking about Essimon and how he seems to be drawing a penalty every night out. Um one guy that was the guy for that last year, although he took quite a few of his as well as Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like Dubois right now, Dave, playing back with Kyle Connor. He's got 29 points, 14 goals in 27 games. Is really turned into the guy that I think the Jets were hoping to have when they made the big trade with Columbus. We'll talk about his future in a minute, but I mean, what have you seen from Dubois right now? And has he taken his game up to another level or is he just seemingly more consistent? the true power forward and that's the best description and when a power forward can do things that a, a s smaller skilled player can do but do it in a powerful sense that's something that you know that's just so unique to have that frame and that skill set combined but everything you see you like about it you know growing with the players around him growing into the role growing into the team um in terms of a one-two combination with Mark Shifley, and maybe Shifley had to get past some of that as well, you know, Andrew, in terms of a shared role. Like, call me what you want to call me. I don't care whether you call me a one or two, as long as I get to play every second shift in the same situations you do. And that's what's developed now. But from a standpoint of, can I do all those things and also physically run over you? That's a pretty nice addition. You know, he and and it's interesting. I mean, we kind of thought originally stacking up that top line, which for game one of the season was Ehlers, Connor and Mark Shifley. Um, you know, you now have the opportunity that, you know, Blake Wheeler's playing so well, along with Cole Perfetti and Mark Shifley. You know, Michael Acemont is sort of that extra guy. The Jets in some ways have sort of been a top five trying to find someone to play right now with Connor and uh, and Dubois, I mean, the thought is you might be able to plot Nikolai Ehlers there. And I mean, what that addition would do at some point into the new year, Dave, um, it's got to be scary for some other teams around the Central. And maybe the configuration isn't complete yet until you get Ehlers back and say, okay, now how does it all fit together? Maybe it is, you know, maybe it is Cal Connor back 
with Shifling Wheeler, but what nice options to have. Mm. I mean, you're, you know, you're literally, I mean, you're getting ice cream, whether it's this ice cream or this ice cream, it's really good ice cream. And, you know, we used to talk about the tough decisions you have to make in an ice cream shop with 31 flavors. The more flavors you have, the better your decision is. And getting Nikolai Ehlers back will just provide another weapon, another tool, how it all fits together. I don't think can be determined until he comes back. Dave Poulin's with us. Dave, I want to quickly ask you about the Central Division. And uh, the Jets and Stars come into tonight's action tied at 37 points. The Jets do have one game in hand. And then you've got a group of four teams within five points of each other. The depleted Avalanche, who have incredible injury issues. And then the Wild, the Predators, and the Blues, who we talked a little bit about, have been one of the streakiest teams. Who are you most confident of, of those four teams, to be right there in the top three, comfortably in the playoffs when the season gets to? And who should be pressing the panic button the most of those four squads? It appears to me the wildest swings have been in St. Louis. And the panic button might not be the right word because you have the pedigree of a 2019 Stanley Cup. And that sometimes complicates the issue in the room. There's some loyalties there with that cup. And there's also a belief because you saw a team go from last place to first place. And a lot of those same guys are there. And so they get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Um, I'm not sure about Nashville. I don't really love the way they're put together. I don't, the pieces don't fit for me. Ryan McDonough was brought in, I think, to bring a different ingredient to them. But for some reason, the, the pieces don't fit to me there. Um, Minnesota, I think, continues to surprise. And they got a shutout out of Gustafson the other night, Phil Gustafson, um, you know, which was a question when they moved Cam Talbot away. But they continue, they seem to be a team that understands what Dean Evason and Bill Guerin want. Bill Guerin and Dean Evason seem to understand what each other wants because they're operating at a huge deficit with that salary cap hit. And yet they're finding a way to scrap their way through this. Um, I don't think they're quite at a Stanley Cup contender level yet because I don't know that you can be with 20, what even, what is $26 million knocked off your cap or whatever it is. But they appear to be getting through this time and building some young pieces. Um, Matthew Boldy and, and, you know, as long as you have Kaprizov, you have a chance, I guess. But uh, Colorado's going to be fine. They just are. And when teams lose as many key guys as they've lost, and they scrapped out a win last night against St. Louis, but when they've got as many key losses as they want, what I start thinking is, okay, they got a whole bunch of guys back with low mileage at the end of the year. I was just about to say, like, can that be a real positive for a team as long as you survive it? Lots of tread on the tires, Andrew. Lots of tread on those tires. And it could be, you know, a a forced rest that some of those guys will benefit from. I think they'll still be okay in the central. Um, I'm not sure Dallas is going anywhere. Uh, I like a lot of things they've done. But, hey, Winnipeg has their work cut out for them, but they're poised and they've got the early points in the bank. And that's critical to get those early points at the bank. Hey, uh, before we go, um, tomorrow night, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, come in, battle of the two first-place teams in the Western Conference. You mentioned how the Jets, so far this season, only have the one instance of back-to-back losses. They'll certainly hope to prevent that, but it will be at the expense of Vegas, who's just coming off a loss to Boston. Uh, Give us your tail of the tape, Dave, for a big Tuesday nighter here in the peg. 
I love it. I love you getting tail of the tape in, in mid-December. Um, I'm going with the home club, and I, I just think that, you know, now it becomes a pride thing to eliminate losses in a row. I mean, that's what it is. And, and yes, Vegas did lose a tough one to Boston, but I think you're playing at home. You're a week and a half before Christmas. The holiday spirit's in the building. And that got last night when it was 4-2. You could feel that's a game that the reason I thought it was within reach was because it was at home. And you could hear the crowd get into it and fire up. So I'm going to put a little bit on the crowd tomorrow night to be coming in a totally festive mood for this one to see two top teams. And, and maybe they can relive a little bit the conference final of a, of a couple of years back and say, you know, Winnipeg has scrapped it together. And, and I like what they've done in this season so far. Um, and I even I really liked Halibut's response when it was 4 nothing last night. He's going to be there again tomorrow night, you would expect. And, and we haven't even talked about Josh Morrissey yet, Andrew. Holy smokes. Um, when you went away, you were seeing a really good defenseman playing. And when you came back, you've seen maybe more than a really good defenseman playing. And he's up on the plate every single night. And you're seeing that. You're seeing the consistency in his game and the leadership of Josh Morrissey right now. Um, fun matchup. Love it. And uh, expect a full building to be really, really lively tomorrow night. Morrissey's still leading the team in scoring, Dave. I mean, Crazy. we've kind of, you know, and we talked about the word still, which I'll remove from the uh, from the vocab. But, I mean, you've got five players playing close to a point-a-game clip, and he's still leading the way. I think it just speaks to how important he's been to the Winnipeg, literally in every aspect of the operation. No question. We'll give Rick Bonus a little credit there, too, for, for apparently a long sit-down conversation that said how hard he was to game plan against and what they were expecting of him as the opposition when he played as a conference coach. That's one of the benefits Rick has is he's just coached against them in the same conference. But in terms of eliminating... Uh, still for you, um, a good friend of mine is a, that I went to college with is a big time writer, but like, but like a real writer, not like me. And and I used to send him my columns early on, and he said, if you don't eliminate the word very, I'm never reading a column again. <laughs> <laughs> if something is something, it's something. Don't use the descriptor there. So that's why I'm taking still out of your vocabulary. Hey, you got to act like you've been there. And the Jets have been there for a while, and hopefully they'll stay there. And, uh, of course, a big one tomorrow night. Dave, thanks so much for this. Uh, best of the season to you and yours. Uh, have a great holiday season. You as well, Andrew. Thanks. Oh, man, great stuff with Dave Poole. And as always, one of my favorite chats of the week. And now uh, we got another one coming up with our pal Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press. A big happy holidays to our friends over at Not Auto Corp. A great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk before we even did a show. And um, hey, with the holidays here, maybe if you're thinking that the winter's also here and your car needs to be upgraded, start your search for maybe that uh, Christmas gift to yourself that will pay dividends 12 months a year over at Not Auto Corp. Incredible vehicles on the lot. And listen, if there's a particular make and model that you've got your heart set on, let the not experts find it, source it, get it here to Winnipeg and get you into it at the best possible price. And of course, if you have a vehicle right now that you're looking to move on from, they've got an award-winning consignment program as well that takes all the pain and the hassle out of selling your vehicle and you just wait for a nice check. Not Autocorp, Waverly and McGilvery. And of course, check them out online at not.ca. Um, hey, with the 
well, the holidays are here. You may already have kind of realized that, geez, I think I might need to, uh, some upgrades in the wardrobe game. Um, fellas, whether you're thinking about suits, pants, shirts, whatever for the next year, F Apparel is the spot to go. And right now, speaking of Christmas gifts, if you do need to upgrade the wardrobe, maybe give a little friendly nudge to um, that special someone that an F Apparel gift card might be a great gift for this season. Not only will it help you get the best prices on men's clothing, including custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, but there's a 15% bonus. So a $100 purchase gets you a $115 gift card and so on. Uh, of course, heading into the new year, great specials for wedding parties and 2023 grads as well. But right now, give the gift of looking good. F Apparel gift card special on right now up until Christmas, 190 Smith Street downtown. And you can check them out, make an appointment and find out more online at F, that's E-P-H apparel.com. And if you want to take care of that Christmas list for the sports fans in your family, you can do that real quick over at Royal Sports, the greatest sports show or sports store in the land. And they are absolutely packed with Winnipeg Jets gear, brand new retro reverse jerseys and more, a huge bomber selection, as well as World Cup jerseys from most of the teams around the world and tons of great Canada soccer gear. And listen, we know there's a lot of little hockey players in the community that you might be looking for something. Royal Sports has for 40 years had the biggest and best hockey selection in town with the experts to help get you the right stuff. And there you can see the new WST hats are there. Jeez, I should have been wearing up the new. There you see the bomber version, which we did. Snapbacks and dad hats, if you will, the uh, the smaller brims, all available right now. Pick them up at Royal Sports, 750 Pembina Highway. And don't forget about those new era WST toques we've got as well. Um, all right, let's get the hammer in here. And uh, by the way, that's their Instagram feed, at Royal Sports Pembina. Make sure you're following them. The latest merchandise drops, sale information, and great holiday gift ideas like the new line of WST hats. Let's get Hammer in here from the Free Press. Hammer, how was the weekend? What's going on? Us, things are good. Uh, great weekend. Uh, Jets filled weekend. It was in St. Louis, and then uh, and then Chicago, of course, for those back to back victories by the Jets. And I stayed an extra night in Chicago, visited some family. Uh, it was a nice escape from the Winnipeg weather for a bit. It wasn't quite Mexico, but St. Louis had, I think, eight between plus eight and plus twelve, and and. Chicago, not as nice, but uh, no snow there yet, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, well, we, we can't complain about the weather. I know we had a couple blast of a uh, little bit of a blast of minus 30 earlier, but uh, this weekend was absolutely gorgeous. Still pretty nice outside, and we will take it. It's not too cold, and the Jets are in first place. Dave Poulin scolded me earlier. I said, hey, the Jets are still in first place, and we're, we're moving still. The Jets are in first place right now and moving on albeit a little bit of a setback last night. Hey, let me just ask you, because you were in the building on Friday. Remo and I were talking about it. I mean, nice win for the Winnipeg Jets on back-to-backs. I mean, you got to be able to close out teams like the Blackhawks, even in difficult schedule situations, and full marks to the Jets for getting it done. But what is the what was the atmosphere in the building like around? I mean, they looked absolutely lifeless and dreadful. The home team did last night. And, you know, for a team and players that have had such heights, interested in what you noticed being in the building last night because, uh, man, they're already into next year, next generation mode, I think, right now, waiting for their top players to get traded and uh, not showing a lot of life for Luke Richardson on the ice. 
Yeah, you know, I'll start with Luke Richardson. I think that guy is a great voice for that team, a great man for that team. So I think he does bring a bit of uh, sunshine, if you will, into some pretty dark, you know, pretty dark time for the organization. As for being in the building, I mean, it always starts off with a bang. Best uh, best anthem singer in the in, in, by far in the 32-team league. So there's uh, – but I, it's funny. It's funny even as I mentioned that, I even felt that the – the emotion, because anyone who's ever attended the game at the United Center, they're up on their feet, loud, cheering, essentially, the entire American anthem. That wasn't as strong this time around. Still pretty strong. Still in a class of its own, uh, to be sure. But definitely definitely lacks a little bit of energy there. But until the game started, I mean, the Jets went up 2-0, um, you know, by this early in the second period, there really wasn't anything for them to cheer. You you know they want to cheer for something. They they were booing the Hawks' power play at one point. Um, saw that in St. Louis as well. Um, but then finally there was that that a bit of a wild third period. So you you know and, and in that third period you saw certainly saw a push from the Blackhawks before you know really before Pierre Luc Dubois makes it a four one game or sorry adds that goal there. He's not you know it's not really a not really much of a much to cheer for. So I mean, at the end of that, by the end of the Chicago game, I felt like it was. I was thinking the St. Louis one with Pierre Luc Father, but like by the end of that that period, there was the Adam Lowry goal that that really separated things. Um, there was a little bit of some energy there, and I think whether you were a Jets fan or a Blackhawks fan, I don't think you were you were sure of the score or how that was going to end up in that one. So yeah, certainly not as much energy, not as much to cheer for. And as you mentioned, you know, I, I saw you know Jonathan Taves walk in saw Patrick Kane walk in, saw the guys walk in. I mean, you can't really take too much from, you know, how they're feeling hours before the game, but just seems to be a bit of a, you know, talking to reporters just yeah, in Chicago, just seems to be a bit of a, a somber year. Um, not necessarily waiting it for, for it to end, but certainly the good times haven't been rolling in uh, Chi-Town for the Blackhawks this season. Yeah, well, and just to just to kind of wrap up your quick two-game roadie with the club where the team won back-to-back, I mean, nice win to get things going against St. Louis. And I mean, that is a team that has been just a head scratcher all season long. Won the first three, got pounded. lost the next seven as well in regulation. Put seven in a row together. Uh, but man, Bennington's fall off. They haven't had the goaltending. And that was another team that for a good portion of Thursday's game just didn't really seem to have the same engagement level that the visitors had. Look at the dominance the Jets have had. I think they're what seven, eight point, you know, or game point streak against them. And and uh, I should probably know that I wrote a good chunk of it in my story afterwards. But certainly been some dominance, not just from the Jets, from other teams. You know, as you mentioned, you know, Jordan Bennington's been, you know, at that point in time was was quote unquote from Craig Brube on a break. You know, an opportunity to reset. Whether it's from some of the you know some of the idiotic moves we've seen from him in recent weeks and months. Um, you know, just kind of that extracurricular stuff or whatnot, or or just his instability between the pipes. Nothing really seems to be going for St. Louis. And what I thought what's, what's interesting is that, um, you know, they have among the more open locker rooms, if you will, across the NHL. They've always kind of set that precedent with a, with a strong alumni. So you're able to talk to a lot of players, you know, whether it be game day or, or after practice or whatnot. And what I the takeaway I took, at least from the, the interviews I did prior to puck drop, was um, not shocked by any means, but there's still a belief there, right? There's still a belief with this team, still a belief under head coach Craig Berube that, uh, you know, they can turn things around. It's just a matter of doing it, you know, and that's when you when you've kind of instilled a winning culture in your organization for years and you go through what we what we're seeing from the Blues now, um, you know, it can be a tough thing to swallow. And you thought maybe there'd be a bit of a, 
a better pushback from from St. Louis, but that certainly wasn't the case, uh, you know, earlier in the week, and the Jets uh, continued to roll over them. But um, who knows? That's going to be a tough division to climb back into. And I, you know, I, I will, you know, echo, you know, Dave Poulin's comments before that it just goes to show just how important it is to collect the points right now, so that when the inevitable lulls happen in a season, and sure enough, they're going to happen for the Jets sometime over this season. Um, you know, you've built up enough in the bank to kind of get through that. That hasn't exactly been the case for St. Louis. Well, I mean, the Jets, as we talked about with Pooley, have been great at bouncing back from losses and um, not letting losing streaks begin. They've just got one two-gamer of the season, and ironically, it started with a loss to the Vegas Golden Knights, who also lost last night, so something's got to give tomorrow. How did you see last night's game? I mean... Listen, certainly it wasn't one of the Jets' better performances overall. I think in some ways it's somewhat understandable with how much hockey they've been. It's hard to be at your best every single night. They certainly showed a lot of fight to get back into the game. But to me, that was a game that really turned on special teams. And that's a common conversation we're having with, you know, relatively close match teams. That could often be the difference. The special teams have been very good for the Jets so far this season. Last night, though, um, bit them both with a lack of success on the power play as well as giving up a power play goal and, of course, that um, breakaway or should I say penalty shot goal, which was of some consternation and debate in the chat to begin the program. We know amongst all the great equalizers between teams, special teams can certainly be one of them. As you mentioned, Huss, power play has been not great as a overall you know, example this season, but it's been pretty good over the last, you know, whatever, seven or eight games. I think they had seven straight games where they had scored at least one power play goal on it and uh, and had been, uh, you know, and, and their penalty kill has been great all season. I think they've been ranked in the top five for pretty much the entire year. So, um, you know, when those things are clicking, they can make some not so great games look pretty good um, and make good games look really good. Uh, and, 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 you know, result in some convincing wins last night. I mean, you could certainly look towards the special teams for, for what didn't help them out. That's a hundred percent sure. And in some cases hurt them. I mean, you're going to, you're going to eventually allow a power play goal. Like, you know, your penalty kill is not going to be, you know, is not going to be killing off a hundred percent of the opportunities against, um, that said the power play again, which has been pretty good of late, you know, to get that, I mean, I don't think anyone could not look at that, you know, what looked like a great opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets in a four-minute power play um, result in, you know, having a, a penalty shot against and 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 nice move by Johansson to, to, to deke out Connor Halbuck. Connor Halbuck, you know, I think played that okay. I think that was a, you know, a great, you know, traditional fake to the forehand, go to the backhand, nice finish. So, you know, you can't, you certainly got to give him credit for that. I just thought, you know, overall in this game, outside of special teams, um, outside of special teams was just they kind of did what the Jets have done to other teams. You know, they shut them down through the neutral zone. What we've seen from Winnipeg, you know, for large swaths of this season, at least when they're successful, is their ability to generate between the blue lines and to transition and be hard on the forecheck. I thought that they got most of their speed, if not all of their speed, taken away by what was obviously a good game plan by the Washington Capitals who have been, you know, were back home for a game, but have been on the road and have been struggling a little bit. And, you know, they're looking to get back and, you know, on the right track. So I thought it was just a team kind of delivering a lot of the same, um, a lot of the same medicine that that uh, the Jets are used, are used to doling out. And, um, you know, Connor Halibuck certainly played, you know, I, I don't think anyone can be disappointed with Connor Hellebuck's night. I thought he turned a, you know, I thought he turned a first period, which could have gone south for the Jets. 
um, you know, into a game. And then even, you know, even by the end, I thought, you know, by the third period, I thought there was an opportunity, but you got to be disappointed with that middle period. Um, you know, I thought there was a bit more energy, obviously, in the third. And at one point, you know, when you're down a couple goals, you still think there's a possibility. But um, I just felt like the, the you know, give credit to Washington. I thought they played a good game. And given the way the Jets have played, um, you know, over the last couple weeks, not saying that you would expect a game like this per se, but um, it's also not all that surprising when you consider, um, you know, they've, you know, putting in some good efforts. They're going to they're gonna lull back to normal eventually. And uh I don't want to say eventually in the sense for a long stretch, but in, in some of these games and um, ultimately, you know, lost one, one of those middle, you know, one of those early, you know, regular season games, you're not going to win all of them. Uh, it sets up a fascinating matchup tomorrow though. Um, the Vegas golden Knights coming in and, you know, it was interesting hearing Rick bonus talk about it. Um, you know, and I'm sure, I mean, I think we get most of what he says to his team and he was quite forefront to say that two of the jets ugliest performances this year have been against the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, one, they managed to get a point in overtime. The first one, they were caved in and David Riddich's first start over the Jets did battle back and at least make a game of it in the second and third period. I'm really interested to see what Bones's troops have for the Knights tomorrow. The Jets might be getting them on a good time. I guess we'll see how the lineup looks tomorrow. But you had Peter Angelo, Theodore Eichel all dinged up yesterday in the loss to the Boston Bruins. And, um, Jack Eichel's apparently just been put on IR, so he won't play. That's a nice break for the Winnipeg Jets, but um, they'll need to hopefully make the most of this off day and really bring that energy tomorrow against a team that, you know, like many are dealing with heavy schedule, travel, all that stuff that goes into it. But as Bones said after the Chicago game in the dressing room, there's no excuses. You got to be ready to go. And this is a huge opportunity for the Jets to prevent a two-game losing streak and I think put together a win that, uh, if they were able to get it, would be something they could really build on as they have with a bunch of the big divisional wins they've done so far this season. Yeah, and to your point, they have been good in the you know they have been good in the central division against their opponents, and it's just you know you you mentioned I think I heard it on Kenny and Rennie's sh- uh, show two post game that you know you look at the two losses that they played, and we've kind of brushed over the second one. You know, by saying that they salvaged a point, uh, you know, by getting to overtime, Jack Eichel being the guy that that scored that goal. Um, if you'll remember, if you'll call that play, I think a lot of people gave grief to Mark Shifley had been on for, a, a, you know, for a large chunk of that overtime. And then Eichel kind of had the late second hero- heroics there. Um, they got absolutely shelled in that game. I was there for it. That was Connor um, Hellebuck. That was the Connor Hellebuck game. That <laughs> like was the game where, you know, points. yeah, exactly. That was the, that was the Connor Hellebuck. I mean, David Riddick too, cause he played in that road trip too in Arizona, but those were two big games. Like Connor Hallebuck showed up big four against LA and then, uh, you know, and again against Vegas. So even though they did salvage a point in that Vegas game, um, that second game against Vegas in Vegas, both have been in Vegas, um, that wasn't a great effort either. So you have to think, you know, I think what's, you know, of the many things that we've seen from Rick Bonus uh, this season is his ability to, you know, get his troops going, get them, you know, in the right frame of mind for the most part. And, and you have to think he's going to be using those last two efforts against against the Golden Knights as, as fuel for his club. And I and I think that, you know, I don't even know if he necessarily has to do that. Um, and that I think this team is well aware that this is the last crack they'll have at the Vegas. I think this is the last game they play Vegas um, this season. So, 
uh, you know, this is an opportunity for them for, you know, redemption, whatever it is you want to say. I mean, you, you know, and I love the message from Rick Bonus, right? That message of take pride in being in first place. Well, this is going to be a team that is going to be fighting you for the whole season. Um, obviously not to be first place in the division, but first place in the West. Um, and it's, so it's going to be a, a team that you need to have success against. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking more for the good opportunity. You know, I'm looking for this as an opportunity for Winnipeg to not only show and continue to show that, you know, they bounce back after losses, as you mentioned, it's not a lot of times they string together losses. Um, I think you'd also like to, in that breath, string a little bit more wins. Now, I don't think you can be disappointed as far as, you know, they did come off their season high four game win streak, but it stopped at four games, right? They were at three games, three separate times this year. Um, and again, I, I think that's kind of pointing at smaller things when you start arguing with how long your, your winning streaks are. But, you know, let's, uh, you know, I think they should set the bar high anyways against Vegas. I think this is going to be a tough, a tough one, but it's also an opportunity to get them at home. This is, like I said, they both of those previous games were on the road. Um, you know, they've proven to be pretty pissed off after losses. Let's see how they can put this one together against a solid Vegas team that, as you mentioned off the top, is pretty banged up. Yeah, hell of a matchup and very similar winning percentages. The Jets 18-8-1 with 37 points through 27 games, and the Golden Knights having played three more games, 20 wins. Two more in that category. One more regulation loss and the one overtime loss with 41 points. Um, so tomorrow, again, we'll talk plenty about that matchup with the Jets and, and, and Vegas Golden Knights going head-to-head. And, of course, the Nashville Predators here on Thursday as well. But, Jeff, while I've got you, I mean, since we last spoke on the program, you've had some really interesting pieces in the Winnipeg Free Press. And, you know, I'll get to the bit. We'll talk Josh Morrissey and Nate Schmidt in a minute. But it really does all start with the head coach. And earlier last week, you had the piece, 40 Years of Bones. Tell us a little bit about putting that together, some of the people you talked to, and what you heard about the coach that has completely turned this ship around in pretty short order. Well, I'll say one thing. I saw, I mean, first off, you know, hat tip to Joe Piscucci. He, you know, he tweets out all these great, Scooch informative, yeah, of course, informative kind of milestones or on this day in Jets history or whatever. And I, you know, I wasn't very often I'll read it, obviously I'll, you know, smile or I'll, I'll, you know, whatever, or I'll watch the video that comes with it or read the, you know, accompanying kind of news strip. But this one I could just couldn't ignore um, and not explore. And I was lucky enough to talk to Rick about it. This was the 40th year, 40 year anniversary. It was the 40 year on the day that he had been officially named the head coach player coach uh, of the Sherbrooke jets who were an expansion team um, you know, and, and the farm club, Sherbrooke, Quebec had been and and the, and the farm club for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, um, that was the day he was officially named the head coach. Um, but he had started that role. He had started that role, uh, at training camp. So the way it worked out is, um, Ron Reset had been hired that, that, uh, July, and he, you know, ended up, his health ended up failing and he ended up having, uh, I think, a, a brain tumor um, that was uh, that was noticed by doctors. And there was a, there was certainly a rehab um, throughout that entire year. There was a plan for him to maybe come back in December. But then when December came around, um, doctors kind of uh, suggested that he shouldn't go behind the bench, take the rest of the year off. So that was ultimately the 40th year anniversary. But to be able to talk to Rick Bonus about it, I mean, just the whole idea of being a, a player coach, right. In that era. I mean, I, you know, questions immediately came to my mind, like, 
you're about to go out on the power play or the penalty kill with a guy and like you're his head coach you know like what was the what was the dynamic like and I mean Rick you know as as great a sport as he is um you know he talked you know he talked openly and honestly about it he said it wasn't ideal and if you look at their record um I forget exactly what it turned out to be but it was bad um end up being something like Something real bad, like eight. Oh, there it is, eighteen, twenty-five, and and nine. So it wasn't like his debut was as successful as his first season in Winnipeg. But you know, he shared a lot of funny stories about how he would tell you know the players on the bench, and he had assistants. That's the best part about it, right? They didn't even bring in the assistants to run the bench as much as he did. Uh, he had guys. You know, he was go. He'd go out for a shift, and he'd make sure the next guys out uh, on the ice knew that they were the next guys out on the ice. And uh, another funny story he shared with me. Was uh, was how he how back in that era the penalty box used to be the penalty box used to be um, pretty close if not right beside the bench. So every time he got a penalty and would have to sit for two or whatever his his, uh, his penalty was, he would coach from the bench. And it got to a point where the refs would come over and they were ripping into him and the team and saying you can't do that. And and sure enough, he answered. You know, he replied back, "Well, show me in the rule book where I can't." And the and the and the, and the rep just said, "You can't," and skated off. Anyways, hilarious story. He ended up coaching. I think he started. So Ron Reset came back the next season. Uh, Bonus played like twenty something games for for Sherbrooke that year, and then started off his uh, his assistant coach guys uh, his, his coaching career in the NHL as an assistant coach with the Winnipeg Jets under under Brad Long. Who, um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll give a hat tip to to Bender too. Jim Bender sent me a DM, gave me a little bit of a history uh, lesson in that, and that when Barry Long was promoted to head coach. I think he had a stipulation or demanded that uh, Rick Bonus be on his staff. So there's a there's a little added nugget that didn't uh, didn't make it in the story, but nonetheless is uh, is a pretty pretty interesting tale. Well, listen, Bonus is the toast of the town right now, and uh, if you missed it in the free press, definitely get back to the website and check it out from last week. Um, the other piece before we get to Nate Schmidt was on Josh Morrissey, and we've spent so much time talking about Morrissey and the impact that he's had everywhere for the Winnipeg Jets. And he speaks a lot to the impact that Rick Bonus has had on the club. Um, a couple of really interesting quotes in that conversation you had with Josh as well. But um, Jeff, for people that missed it, maybe frame a little bit of this young man having a career season and how much of this in part is due to the vibe around the team that Rick Bonus has created pretty much from the first day of training camp. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly. I mean, I, the, the funny thing is, is we talk about this bonus effect, right? This bonus effect had been thrown out there even before he, when he, before he even got the job, what what the effect might be, and certainly after when he, you know, when he was named the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, that this would have to be the biggest thing, right? This would be the most important, uh, most important um, signing move if you will of the summer and that if everything was if everything was going to go as to plan or get back on track from a from a down year it was going to be what this head coach was capable of bringing in and so you look at a lot of the individual performances right we talked you know we've talked lots about you know Kyle Connor and, and Pierre Dubois you know firing at a point per game pace Blake Wheeler is playing great um, despite you know losing his captaincy, Mark Shifley, same story. He's almost a, a point per game player. His commitment to the defense is night and day. Connor Hellebuck has been, you know, we've seen a 
you know, I'm not necessarily Rick Bonus has brought this out of Connor Hellebuck, um, but after a down year, he's right back up to leading the, you know, the Vesna Trophy uh, race at this point in the season. So all these things are happening, but the person who is might has benefited the most individually. And I mean, that's not even talking about the collective and where the jets are, where I think nobody probably had them at this point in the season or at all this season. Um, but anyways, moving back to Josh, I mean, I think individually he might've benefited more than anybody else. And so, you know, prior to the, prior to the game against Chicago, got an opportunity to, to chat with him and, you know, amongst all the other, a lot of the questions I asked and some stuff has been documented, right? Like the conversations with Rick bonus over the off season, believing in Josh, that he could be not just a great player on this team, but a great player in this league and should be pushing for, for, you know, be in the discussion for, for the, the Norris trophy, which he certainly is at this point. Um, and not just, and not in a way where you're like, yeah, you're just a great player. I don't know why you're not doing this. It's going over his game. It's showing him clips every single day and other players, individual clips of their game. And 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 understanding that, yes, you could be here. You should be here. This is where I believe you can be. But you're only going to be in that place if you improve and continue to improve and play, you know, not just improve in, in, in you know, ways and, in, in, uh, you know, technical or, or in structure or in, in scheme, but passion emotion all those things that have come all those storylines that have come with him and i mean it's crazy like this guy is just absolutely and when i say this guy rick bonus is absolutely beloved in this league like i had been prior to the the coaching search i was getting messages from insiders from scouts from people around the league saying i don't know if the jets are going to bring this guy in but man are they going to love him if they do and players are going to are going to love him and and it just proves exactly what what this team needed. And, and I, and I said to Josh um, kind of near the end of our, our interview is like, you know, the thing that we notice most about, um, about reporters and certainly the public notices when you compare the other guy uh, and Paul Maurice is that he's not afraid to dish out some tough love. He's not, you know, it's still constructive and it comes when necessary, but it's there. I mean, we never saw that with uh, with Paul Maurice. We never saw, you know, whether it was happening behind the scenes is another thing. We never saw it publicly. Um, and so, you know, I asked him, why does it seem to work? Why is it that when Rick Bonus benches a player or Rick Bonus tells a, you know, says things post game, there's not a, you know, there's not an issue in the locker room afterwards. And this is the soundbite he gave me that I can speak. I can only speak for myself. It just seems like there's a trust level with the players. It's not some days that he's on that sort of level of accountability and other days that he's not, or some guys he is, some guys he isn't. It's been everyone and it's been every day. We talked about looking in the mirror this offseason as a group of players and from veteran guys, the leadership group and throughout our entire team. Through the start of the training camp, we asked, how can we be a better team? How can we be more receptive to coaching? And not just from the coaches, but from our teammates, whether it's on the ice or in the locker room. With Bones, every day is the same message and it doesn't matter who you are. We made that commitment to him and to each other that we want to be coached and we want to be held accountable because we feel that we have something to prove uh, here based over the last few seasons. Personally, it's been refreshing to have that level of coaching and accountability. You understand what your expectations are Expectations are every night. I, I was going to bring that quote up, and I'm glad you just dropped on it because that was... Listen, there's been a lot of introspection, I think, amongst many players. And while the team is winning, I think it's been easy to sort of, you know, lean on the things that they're doing. They're getting results from them and how happy it's making everyone involved are. But that quote right there, Jeff, essentially 
validate so many of the concerns that many of us had about the team, what was happening and what didn't seem to be happening. And that was a level of an accountability that was sort of equal throughout the locker room. And listen, sometimes that's tough for some of your more star players, but the bottom line is those guys have all bought in. It has helped the team at every step of the way right now. And listen, it certainly does give credence. I don't know. We sometimes get sucked into talking about last year and the previous mm-hmm. regime before, but all in all, it just goes to show that bonus is coming in, doing things his way. And to be honest, it's exactly what this team needed. And I think that was clear to most people watching this team last year. Absolutely. And I mean, this isn't like a necessarily a Maurice versus bonus, um, you know, human beings wise, because Paul Maurice was a, you know, was a really good man. He was a great ambassador for the city and certainly helped this team get to certain, get to a level that they hadn't been under Claude Noel, you know, as an organization, as a franchise, as, you know, as an NHL club. Um, but somewhere over the time, philosophies just didn't mesh. And I think, you know, this isn't a guy, you know, these comments, whether they're from Josh Morrissey or they're from Mark Shifley, whether they're from uh, Paul Maurice, you know, Paul Maurice talked about, you know, how things kind of started to decline under him after that playoff run, right? And I mean, if you, you heard him in Winnipeg here, you know, not that long ago when Florida was in town, his only regret when asked about it was that he didn't step down in the summer. That tells me there, you know, these relationships that he had with the guys that we've been speculating about, talking about, um, were not in a good position. They were certainly not in a position to to share, you know, like positive comments about him. You know, him being Paul Maurice when he when he did come here uh, against Florida last week. So it's certainly an interesting dynamic. I think what you're seeing here is a level of consistency with coaches. I think that might have been one of the things that. You know, look, everyone in that room respects Blake Wheeler, right? Everyone in that room, you know, wants to go to battle for him, wants to see him do well. And I think that relationship is the same way. But to, and Josh didn't say this stuff, but I think it's pretty easy to, to, you know, and not from his comments, just in general, is that you need to show up every day consistent on who you are as a person, who you are as a coach. Um, and moving to Maurice, it was very clearly in Josh's comments that that wasn't the case. It wasn't consistent with who he helped. Who, who he held accountable accountable night in, night out. We know how much, uh, you know, Paul Maurice would lean on his veterans, not just for playing time, but for culture in the room. You know, that being Blake Wheeler, of course, wearing the C. And I think if you look at those comments, it's everybody is equal. I mean, you, you, you can go back to Jano Chara's comments years ago that can, you know, can be, should be replayed over and over and over again about how to build a winner. And this was while he was in Boston was that no one is treated in this different hierarchy. Like the rules for the top end guys are not different from the rules of the guys that are You're not a rookie. You're a member of the Boston Bruins. You're part of the team. Exactly. And so whether you're a first-year player, there is no hierarchy there. And that's what bonus came in and installed right away. That's what the conversations were in the offseason. He took that feedback. He knew exactly what was fractured in that locker room. He knew exactly how to fix it. And now he's implementing it, and we're seeing the fruits of that labor. We're seeing lots of guys have individual success, including Josh Morrissey, who knew he was an offensive guy ever since he start, you know, first got into the league. Anyone that's ever watched this guy play WHL, WHL I mean, he must cringe when he hears – experts and analysts and i've heard several of them say that this guy came into the nhl as a sturdy d-man as a defensive defenseman and that just wasn't the case credit to josh 
for improving that element of his game to even be thought of in that in, in, in that conversation or in that you know, whatever those comments, but it was his offensive game that I think were being sheltered so much here and weren't giving keys to it. And I mean, you bring up a guy like Mikey Esimont, and I, I kind of had this conversation at the end of Kenny and Rennie post St. Louis game is Mikey Esimont isn't probably having the career, the season he's having right now. If he isn't coming into a locker room that to Josh's comments, aren't embracing newcomers and trying to improve each other, trying to coach each other. So when, you know, it's very interesting. I'll make my last comment on this was that like when I when I saw that the Jets signed a creed this year, it was like this big story that was romanticized that they went to Banff and, you know, all came out a different team. That was kind of the narrative coming out of that. My my thought was not being on that trip was this is the same leadership group for years. Why do they why are they signing a creed? now to treat each other better and i think we're seeing again all the fruits of that labor that bonus has brought in but credit to the players who understood the importance of doing that and again we're seeing them now not just get to places where i think a lot of people expected them to be but embracing the pressure and adversity that comes with being at the top of the castle yeah, accountability and communication have seemingly been the hallmarks of everything that bones has tried to put in and i mean another great example of that and how it's affected the dressing room was in your piece with Nate Schmidt. And listen, I know a lot of the guys talked about how close the group was and they tried to downplay issues in the locker room, but um, it's very clear that this is team is in a much, much better place right now behind closed doors. And um, Nate Schmidt talked about that in a conversation with you on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, and so my, my, my thought for that one is, is, Look, Nate Schmidt is well known across the league. Certainly, anyone in Winnipeg and fans alike um, who got a you know who get a taste of this guy right from day one is you know if he likes to have anything, it's fun. I mean, this is the I don't know if there's a guy in the National Hockey League who has more fun than Nate Schmidt. I think so it's a I, big reason why they traded for him. I mean, as much as what you could do on the blue line, it was what you could do in the room. This and, team needed that. And I always thought to myself, like throughout times last year, like how much fun is this guy actually having? And what do you do to make sure you have fun? Because the thing about thing is it's not just showing up and having fun. The thing I appreciate the most about Nate Schmidt is his perspective. I mean, his perspective on the game is that, he understands he's played with player. He knows that he's played in this league long enough, knowing that it can be taken away from you at any point. You know, he understands he's, he's seen teammates go through their entire careers with this, you know, razor focused, almost angered approach to the game. And he just doesn't know how, you know, how you can do that. Anyways, I, I went there with kind of two thoughts in my mind. One being, why are you the way you are? Um, because I don't know if anyone's really tried to bring that out in them. And then, and then two, how much fun were you, were, did you even have last year and how much fun are you having this year? And I mean, sure enough, you know, he, you know, he, he was, uh, you know, I got a chance to talk to him and, and Nate's really giving with his time and it's awesome. But there's a couple of things I thought were certainly interesting. I mean, as far as last year went, I mean, he kind of says you need to find, you know, find the fun in some things, you, you know, it was, it was tough at times this year. It's a lot different, but you know, and he points to winning being a big thing to 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 the reason why they're having fun, and that's a you know that's certainly a you know a doctor obvious captain obvious statement here. Um, but at the same time, he's also saying it's also very similar to what Mark Mark or sorry Josh Morrissey said in that piece was that we're, the players are holding each other accountable. The players are going to each other 
And if they need to air laundry out, they'll air laundry out with each other. There's no, you know, and I don't know what that speaks to, um, you know, whether they used to go have a workaround or if they would go to coaches. I'm not trying to put words in any mouth, but now they're comfortable. They built a culture where accountability is amongst each other. And, you know, and just I'll just read this one quote here. Um, you know, the biggest difference being last year to this year is like the way we were playing. It just it wasn't that fun. It was always kind of a crapshoot. Like you didn't really know what you were going to get out of our group. And, and that's hard. Schmidt said it's it's fun when you get to see your team in a situation like this, what it can be. And you look back and it actually makes things worse because you realize how good your team can be, especially with a similar looking squad. It was hard in the sense that what usually gives you the most joy was the most drain on you. And that was structure. That was expectations. Stuff that, again, Josh said in that previous piece, everyone knows not just what they're doing on the ice. They know what their expectations to one another are off, off the ice. And, and I think when you bring in a guy like Rick Bonus, who ultimately has nothing to lose, right? I mean, there's a freedom to coaching you know, the National Hockey League for more than 2,500 games as a coach and an assistant coach. And when you're at the end of that, you can kind of do whatever the hell you want. You can believe in whatever you believe in and push that. And we're seeing that. And it's coming in spades. And um, whether it's Nate Schmidt, whether it's Josh Morrissey, whether it's Mark Scheifele, whether it's Blake Wheeler, whether it's Pierre-Luc Dubois, whether it's Mikey Essimont, whether it's Connor Hellebuck, whether it's anyone else in this lineup, what we're, get, what we're seeing here is a is a massive turnaround, a massive change on ice, off ice. And the one thing I'll say, another thing about bonus is he epitomizes, it's not just, you know, and he'd said this before about the art of coaching, right? The X's and O's can be the easy thing sometimes. It's the communication, the level of communication. And I think he epitomizes, I think I sent you this text message over the weekend, was he epitomizes not just what you're able to achieve, but how you treat people. This guy, I watched this guy walk in the back hallways of St. Louis, of Chicago, and he, he would be stopped every three feet and either have a moment, he'd be chatting with someone, hugging someone, shaking hands. This guy is so respected in, in the NHL, and you just get the feeling that that feeling, that vibe, that you know whatever he's giving off has just completely taken hold in that Jets locker room within this organization, and you have to be happy with what you're seeing so far through 27 well, and the, games. The best part about the whole thing is, you know, at his age, with his experience that you go over in the 40 years column, I mean, this obviously, I think, is most likely his last stop in an incredible coaching career. And he's come in and has taken this job knowing that he's probably not long for it, and has decided he's going to identify what needs to be done and he's going to do it his way. And it's been working and it's been one of the great stories. We should give a shout out to our friend Skylar Peters as well, because Skylar pointed out on the weekend that one of the books was still listing Rick Bonus as a 28 to 1 number for the Jack Adams trophy. And listen, a lot of times things take a little longer to be noticed outside of this smaller market in the national hockey league, but I'm not sure you could point at anyone right now. That's done a better job considering the circumstances that Rick bonus has. And I'll say this, Jeff, and you sort of pointed this about how beloved bones is. Mm. If it gets down to the end of the season and you're talking about two or three really great candidates, Bones is going to get the benefit of the doubt, I would say, from most voters, just from human nature, how much he's loved and respected by so many of these people 
But the bottom line, he's doing the job right now, and that's the best value wager I've placed in a long, long time. Well, and to add to your, you know, argument of of you know his potential victory as coach of the year, and I mean it is premature after 27 games. There's no doubt about it. Lots can happen from here to 82. But um, you know, this is a team that missed the playoffs by 10 points with arguably a worse roster when you consider the pieces that moved out um, and the pieces that came in. And he's maximizing the talent of a lot of guys and his ability to get the most out of players has made things extremely interesting for this team, not just in the you know present time, but in the future here as, as the Jets inch their way towards, towards the trade deadline, towards various things. And I think, you know, put me on the record for saying, I think this team should be very active, um, do whatever they can. And, you know, as far as the bonus effect goes, what might the bonus effect be when convincing players to come over here? Because if it's any indication of how he's treated people in this locker room and around what I've seen around the NHL, and we know how much he's beloved in Dallas from the players, you know, his last, his last place, last hockey home, there might be, some more stories about the bonus effect as we inch into February. Well, hey, and listen, never mind getting guys here to come to Winnipeg. Let's talk about keeping guys around in Winnipeg. And, you know, I sort of talked about this quite a bit last week, just with the great week that Dubois was having and how important he's been for the club and everything that came out of last summer. And listen, I have no idea what he and his agent are thinking right now, but I think it's safe to assume that the atmosphere around this club, the success that they're having right now, and the season that Dubois is having playing for Rick Bonus can only be a positive if you're holding out hope that there's still a way to get Dubois signed to an extension here in Winnipeg. Yeah, I don't know how you can't look at it that way. I mean, a lot of people gave grief to these players last year, and I mean, rightfully so. I mean, you don't want you don't want your highest paid players talking about what the future looks like, particularly when they're under contract for those years. You know, Alan Mark Shifley, whether it was Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and, and the stuff with his agent, but I would argue there was nothing in place to argue to stay on beyond your commitment. And I think these were efforts. This must have been efforts from the players to tell the organization to shape up. I mean, figure this thing out. I mean, there was obviously an issue with the head coach that wasn't going well. There was nef- there was nothing really to lean on and to argue for why you would stay. I mean, at this point, Dave Lowry was still the interim head head coach. They didn't have much of a direction. Um, it you know they hadn't while they've made the playoffs in previous years. It hadn't really been convincing um, by any stretch of you know the imagination. Not to the expectations this team had after that run in 2018. Um, so there really wasn't any reasons. Now you look at what what Rick Bonus has brought into play, winning, you know, cures everything, and the hope would would be that there's enough of that, enough of a culture change, enough, enough of feeling part of it. I think that's going to be the biggest thing when trying to you know re-sign some of these names is to have them not only convinced that their games are on the right track. I mean, you look at Pierre Luc Dubois, him and him and Bonus are working to make him one of the best two way players. Uh, two-way centerman in the National Hockey League. Last time I checked, that that pays you. Oh, so, so, listen, his agent's maybe the happiest guy right. about everything. So to me, it's it's going to take a couple different things, and the hope will be is they have such an attachment to guys like Rick Bonus in this city that they want to stick around and not take what they've generated, you know, in their play over the last couple of years and take it somewhere else. 
No doubt about it. Hammer, this has been awesome. Um, thanks so much for doing this. You had a great week in the paper, obviously on the road as well. And going to be a real interesting game tomorrow. Cannot wait for the puck to drop at Canada Life Center for the Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights in another big divisional game on Thursday for a quick trip out west to uh, Vancouver and Seattle for back-to-backs. Thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, right on. Really appreciate it. I'll be there tomorrow night as well. So uh, shout out to the to the viewers as well, and they'll see you next week on Monday. Thanks so much. Hey, speaking of the viewers, we've got a new member of the Winnipeg Sports Talk supporters group, and that member is Poopy Pants. Poopy Pants, welcome uh, to the crew. Thank you. I, Thank you very much. Remo, you've probably had enough of Poopy Pants with uh, a three-year-old and a baby. I was, yeah, I'm dealing with a lot. Uh, my wife actually had our first uh, tag team, uh, Poopy Pants. We were both on the change table at the same time. Uh, one with each kid. I don't think that had happened <laughs> happened yet, but I was hoping that you wouldn't give uh, that new supporter the you know the the show. How could we not? With that we name, not. With all name of our like that. So, all of our supporters, uh, Look, you know, need to be recognized. We now we're gonna have, appreciate their support. Now we're gonna have people like make their names some stuff just so like they can <laughs> become a member, and then you have to read it. So <laughs> that was literally the first time I've ever used the acronym at SMH on the internet. I was like, just like. Like, come on. You know what? Someone Folks, again, their... new father, new father. You had to go there. Poopy pants, welcome to the crew here on WST. All right, great stuff with Jeff Hamilton. Of course, we talk a lot of bombers with Jeff Hamilton on the program. We talk some curling with Ted Wyman on the program. And when we talk bombers and curling, we do it for our great sponsors at Princess Auto. What a great season it was at the Princess Auto tailgate zone all year long before all Blue Bomber games. And uh, the Jennifer Jones rink, Reed Carruthers as well. Sponsored by Princess Auto, having a great run. And by the way, a big congratulations to Aaron Cockrell, who finished fourth in South Africa at the Dunhill Open. A great performance for AC. Uh, now that he's got his playing privileges in the, on the European tour, he's going to come back for the holidays. And speaking of poopy pants, to have a baby as well coming up in a couple <laughs> months. So um, shout out to Aaron uh, Cockrell and a huge thanks to Princess Auto for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, of course, Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Must visit just in time for the holidays for that person on your list. It's the, uh, for folks that love Princess Auto, it is their spot. Uh, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. And of course, you can also get some great gift ideas or shop online 24-7 at princessauto.com. Um, I said, it may be the holidays, but, you know, water is something we need 365 days a year. And for over 65 years, the family-owned Culligan Water Team have been taking care of Manitobans for all their water needs. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop down and visit our friends at Culligan in person at 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can give them a call at 204-694-5180 or check them out online for everything they can do for you, your family, your home, and your business online at drinkculligan.com. Well, plenty of Christmas parties on the weekend. That is going to continue right through the holiday season. And I know many of you will be making a stop at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And listen, make sure you get the best when you're talking Canadian whiskey. Everybody's favorite, the legendary Canadian Club. Uh, Big Canadian Club displays 
ready for the holidays at all of your local Manitoba liquor marts. And Bomber fans, you might want to check out the Jim Beam display as well because with the purchase of Jim Beam right now at the 20 largest Manitoba liquor marts, check out the display. You'll get a free Winnipeg Blue Bomber collector glass featuring either Zach Caleros, Adam Big Hill, or Winnipeg's own Nick Dembski. Jim Beam, Canadian Club, and all your favorite Beam Suntory products available right now at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Uh, and hey, we got a Monday nighter tonight, folks. Interesting game. We hit it on the Lock Shop earlier. By the way, if you're not with us on YouTube, go to Lock Shop Bets. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel for the Lock Shop, Arizona and the New England Patriots. One thing I can tell you about this game is it'll be a great way to uh, spend the evening watching at your local Boston Pizza. Still chance to get in that draw for the second of two grand prizes for a trip for two to see the Raiders and Niners in Vegas on New Year's weekend. And you won't just be going to Allegiant Stadium to see the Raiders and Niners. You'll also be going, or a winner will be going, to uh, the rink to see the Vegas Golden Knights and the St. Louis Blues on New Year's Eve. All great specials every night for NFL football, not to mention the new menu with some great stuff like that bacon, how uh, spicy buffalo mac and cheese, and my personal favorite, the caravable jalapeno popper dip. It's all there at your local Boston Pizza for Monday Night Football tonight. Speaking of Monday Night Football, Remo, uh, of course, we've got the marbles coming up in just a couple minutes, but... Uh, I don't know. It wasn't a great weekend in the National Football League. couple pretty interesting games. One game involving the Chiefs, and I know I got ranged on in the lock shop for having them blow the cover when they were up 27-0. Um, but that night game last night was a real head-scratcher. I expected way more from the Miami Dolphins coming off that tough loss to the San Francisco 49ers. And a huge game for Justin Herbert, who is getting his fair share of criticism to be honest, I think somewhat unfairly considering what he's been dealing with right now in L.A., um, but a big win for the Chargers and a tough one for the Dolphins, who have now lost two straight on the road and ahead on a short week to Buffalo outdoors on Saturday night. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I'm a big Justin Herbert guy, and I think the criticism against him has been unfair. His receivers had a rotating uh, group of receivers, O-line. He's been banged up. Uh, I think he's an elite quarterback in the league. Uh, the game we, a lot of people were probably watching here was the Vikings-Lions, and the Vikings, who came in at 10-2, and two, um, were, the, well, were the underdog to the Lions, who were suddenly hot, and watch out for them at home. And uh, the Lions offense showed that they've, why they've been so great uh, this year with Jared Goff and uh, passing it all over the Vikings, uh, 34-23. Uh, Big win there. Uh, we almost had the near upset of the season with the one-win Texans against the Cowboys. Has almost pulled it off, but Dak Prescott uh, orchestrating that huge drive at the end and Zeke punching it I in. Gotta say, I got to yeah. say something on that Texans-Cowboys game. Mm -hmm. Lock shop viewers will maybe remember this, but going into the best bets, and I had this great season. I was feeling a lot of pressure to continue to deliver winners. Of the four picks that I made against the spread, when I send it to Dustin late on Thursday night, one of my picks was Texans plus 17 and a half. And when we got to the show on Friday, I said, there's no way I can actually 
publicly back the Houston Texans for anything. And I changed the pick and I added Dolphins minus three last night on Sunday oh. Nighter. That, my friends, was the difference between another three and one week and a two and two week. But it just goes to show you whether it's fantasy, whether it's betting, lineup tinkering and changing your original pick almost always comes back to bite you in the ass. And it did to me yesterday. Got to be careful. Uh, Got to be careful there. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Seahawks, uh, that was a big loss for them against the Panthers, who haven't been been very good. And yeah, that Broncos-Chiefs game, man. The Broncos, they're a total embarrassment. That trade is one of the worst all-time. Russell Wilson is not good. And look, they had to throw because they were down. And Jerry Judy caught three touchdowns. Helped out his fantasy owners. Russell Wilson got KTFO'd yesterday. It it was actually really somewhat scary. I mean, I'm not sure how many of you saw the play, but um, listen, the the Broncos were right back in this game. Mahomes threw a couple picks. They quickly scored touchdowns on them. Got a 66-yarder right out of the gate in the the, uh, second half, and all of a sudden, a game that was a laugher at 27-0 was on again at 27-21. And Russell was... Trying to be the hero, and I get it. I mean, you're the quarterback. I mean, this is a huge game. I mean, the Mahomes has never lost to the Broncos. Uh, and he went up in the air trying to get a few extra yards close to the goal line. Frank Clark hit him, and he went down f- straight on his head. And what you normally don't see is these close-ups when a player's down like that. But they had an unbelievable close-up camera angle of Russell's head, and he was completely out. It was scary, and I'm glad he was back up on his feet later on. I'm sure he was trying to get back in the game. That wasn't happening, um, especially considering what happened to Tua Tagliavoa earlier this season. Uh, but it was scary, and uh, Brett Rippon came in, you know, played okay, but, you know, the Chiefs ended up getting the ball back, running the clock out. Did not cover the spread, by the way, uh, but they did win by six points, and now they continue to be on top of the AFC West at 10 and 3 tied with the Buffalo Bills but the Bills do have the leg up on the uh, home on the uh, tiebreaker at the top of the AFC due to their head to head win a little earlier this season by the way if you didn't notice already in chat marbles registration is open for our TOC Tournament of Champions brought to you by Consolidated Supply race number 3 we'll do that in 5 minutes or so but if you if you're new here, you're wondering what's up, all you got to do is make sure you're subscribed to the channel so you can enter and put in exclamation mark marbles, as you've seen so many other people do, and uh, your chance to qualify for our championship race coming up in just a few minutes. That race, of course, will take place on the 30th of December, our final act of 2022, when we'll be giving away a pair of Bomber season tickets to the winner of the championship race. And again, big thanks again to Consolidated Supply. Um, let's get to the cool bet lines though, before we do our, uh, marble race today. Um, and a really, I don't know why I, this game just strikes me as so weird. I mean, you got two teams in different conferences, two teams with different strengths, two very different coaching staffs. Um, and there's the Arizona Cardinals, a two point home underdog to the new England Patriots. This number was 43 and a half earlier. I see it's now 44. Uh, but Remo, don't even think about the point spread here. Just winning the game. Who do you have more confidence in tonight? The Patriots on the road or the Cardinals who have been absolutely horrible recently at home and especially in the second half of the season to get something done coming off a bye? Oh, that's, oh yeah, the Cardinals, they feel it's like they should be, game. they should be so much better with uh, Kyler Murray and, and Hopkins is back and 
uh, Hollywood, Hollywood, Florida. Brown is back. Uh, they can't really stop anyone though. Maybe I'll go. I don't, I don't know. I guess you got to go home dog. Cause I, I did. The I home did dog Dusty might be the play. I, I went with the Cardinals plus two and over 43 and a half. Dusty's on the Patriots and the under. One thing I do know is that we've got a very good chance of cashing our favorite primetime prop, the over three and a half field goals tonight. I will be on that. I think I'm going to give that out a little tease for our cool bet play of the day. Follow cool bet Canada on all the socials for myself for Dusty's daily picks. Um, so that's coming up right now. And hey, if you haven't played at Cool Bet before, perfect time to do it. Just getting ready for the playoffs and the home stretch in the NFL. And lots of, well, lots of winnings on the Jets so far this season. That's for sure. Use the promo code WST when you sign up and make your first deposit. And we'll hook you up with a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. All right. So Patriots Cardinals tonight is the Monday nighter. What do we got cooking in the National Hockey League tonight? Flames and Montreal Canadiens. You know, I was looking at the standings. The Habs are actually above NHL 500 right now. I mean, 13, 12, and 5 on the season. Pretty impressive for a team that had very low expectations. I mean, they're ahead of Buffalo, and they're ahead of the Ottawa Senators right now, and I'm not sure many people had that so far this season. Habs, a big home dog, though, plus 190. Calgary, minus 230 after a pretty fun game Saturday night in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. Devils and Rangers. Devils has been one of the great stories of the season. They're minus 115, a slight favorite at MSG against the Rangers. The uh, Dallas Stars, who are tied at the top of the Central with the Winnipeg Jets, although the Jets do have a game in hand. They are in Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins. Penguins suddenly the hottest team in the National Hockey League, having won five games in a row. Pittsburgh, and I think all Jet fans will hope that they can make that six. They're at minus 131 tonight. Dallas at plus 111. Ducks and Sens. I don't know how many people will be tuning in for that one. Ottawa, minus 226, home favorite. Ducks plus 190 on the road. And the Edmonton Oilers going up against the Minnesota Wild. These two teams played Friday back in Edmonton. Then the Wild went to Vancouver, shut out the Canucks on Saturday night. Wild back at home, minus 130 favorite. The Edmonton Oilers plus 111. We've also got the Predators and Blues. We'll see the Predators here in Winnipeg on Thursday night. Preds a slight road favorite against the struggling Blues. Minus 114 for St. Louis and minus 103, or sorry, minus 114 for Nashville. Minus 103 for St. Louis. And uh, that is the slate of games tonight in the National Hockey. Again, promo code WST if you haven't played a cool bet before. 100% bonus up to 200 bucks. And yes, I'm still angry that I changed that Houston pick, costing me another three in one week. But I will take two and two. Haven't had too many and if that's the worst I have this week, we'll continue to have a pretty darn good record. Um, last call for marbles, everybody. If you just popped in, you're still in time. Exclamation mark marbles. And we'll get that going right away to finish up today's festivities, Remus. Yeah, a couple notes here. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Rob Somerville. He's, he's a seam in the chat. Uh, he joined the WST supporters. Got that microphone beside his name now. A um, couple notes. Uh, the Preds putting Eli Tolvanen on waivers yesterday. That A lot of people were like puzzled. He's former first-round pick. He got claimed by the Kraken. Uh, you mentioned Jack Eichel. He's placed on IR. Uh, they didn't announce anything, but I think it was shown on the team website. So I think sure they'll come up with something formal. Uh, Wade Redden's going to be honored uh, before the Sens game. Uh, if you were wondering why he was trending 
on Twitter. I don't know if you heard this. Uh, Hassa Yarma Yager suited up for Claudio. He's 50 years old, had two assists in 15 minutes of ice time. Come on. <laughs> yes. There was a picture of him on Instagram I saw on the weekend where he's looking totally jacked. Uh, 50 years old, Yarma Yager. Uh, the Bombers signed Jake Thomas, uh, former guest here on the show. So their uh, work's getting done. And an NHL Board of Governors meetings are underway. Uh, Pierre Lebrun and Darren Jagger did their stand-up in front of the ocean, like they always do with their suits and unbuttoned shirts. Uh, actually, Pierre oh, Lebrun had a really nice... this week. Yeah. Pierre Lebrun had a really nice feature on Rick Bonus in The Athletic, too. But um, let's see. Salary cap might be going up. They're going to decide that. A World Cup, it was supposed to be in 2024. They don't know what to do with Russia. Maybe they could do it in 2025. They're planning on going to the Olympics in 26 in Italy, though. But, like, are they planning? No one will care if they do the World Cup without the Russians. Like, the world has to go on. If they don't want the Russians to be a part of it, whatever. Like, we'll take the Swedes, we'll take the Finns, Americans, Canadians, everybody else. And I think that's a good take. Just do it. We just need, we just need some best-on-best yeah. competition. We haven't had it for a long time. We haven't seen this generation. Like, my favorite memories are Canada and O2. And we don't, we haven't had anything like that. Golden goal, 2010. I mean, it's yeah. been, it's been way too long. And last time's World Cup doesn't count because it doesn't count. It wasn't best and best. I mean, you know, it That's was right. cool to see Team North America. They were fun to watch, but it completely took away the integrity of the true national teams going head to head. And anyone that's paying attention to what's going on in soccer right now at the World Cup knows that. That is truly the ultimate, and you're right. It's been way too long. Just a quick note on Vegas. You mentioned with Jack Eichel going on the IR. Um, we'll see if either of their top two defensemen can play tomorrow night, but neither Shea Theodore nor Peter Angelo played last night. At Nick Haig, Ben Cutton, Ben Hutton, Alec Martinez, Braden McNabb, Zach Whitecloud, and uh, Mira Manoff. Not familiar with yeah. Mira Manoff. He played um, here last year. Daniil, Daniil Miromanov, uh, yeah. the, uh, the the defenseman right now. He's got five games in, and uh, he's in right now. So this could be a nice opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets to get one back on the Vegas Golden Knights, who, uh, of course, have two wins in their matchups coming up next year. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to sure. marble time here, folks. Sure, I'll fire it up. Last, I'll I'll close the entries and get him in. Uh, one other, we just saw, I just got the alert, Huss. Um, we thought Dallas was going to sign o Odell Beckham Jr., but it sounds like his knee is going to take longer to heal, so they just signed T.Y. Hilton, former Colts receiver. Remember T.Y.? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, he signed. He signed. Um, as I get this ready, there's two other notes here from NHL. Oh, yeah, Ottawa ownership situation. Sounds like they want Ryan Reynolds to be part of whatever group. Yeah, I'm no I, kidding. I'm pro, that is an absolute no-brainer. I'm pro Ryan Reynolds. Get him involved if he wants to be, if he wants to be, and seems to be doing good work. Dream uh, owner for any team in the National Hockey League, especially a Canadian market, and that could, when you think about what the Sens have dealt with, with Gene Melnick and all the baggage that he's had for the last 20 years, to turn that around and turn it into a group with money, with Ryan Reynolds as part of it or the face of the group would be an unmitigated home run for the league and the franchise. Yeah, and he has that soccer team. He made the reality show on it. They're seeing these uh, teams now as like a content play as well. And you, you, know, you get all the social media followers from putting out, using them as 
as content. You're not just owning a team. You're owning a basically owning exactly. like a reality show. And hey, one other thing. Well, you yeah. get the uh, well, you get the marble race set up. Uh, it's also Gary Bettman's 30th That's, anniversary that was as the coach or as the uh, the commissioner of the National Hockey League. And I was talking to Nielsen before the uh, before the lock shop today. And <laughs> they were talking about this with Greg Wyshynski on the uh, on their program today. And Dusty suggested that there's only one appropriate way to celebrate Gary Bettman's 30th anniversary, and that would be with a big cake. And he asked Wyshynski, well, we should have someone jumping out of the cake. Who would that be? And Wish suggested either Donald Fair, head of the Players Association, or maybe Sean Avery, who I'm sure was a major pain in the ass for the commissioner during Avery's time in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, if you have any suggestions on who would be a good person to jump out of Gary Bettman's cake, um, you can certainly do that. Maybe Rick Westhead. Okay. That would be uh, that. Okay. Well, I was thought the question was going to be like, if you're going to Dairy Queen and you have to put something on Gary Bettman's cake, what are you going to put on? And I was going to say a giant lock is what I would put on it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you giant think of. Lock. Yeah, I don't know what you think of Gary Bettman's. Yeah, Gary Bettman, big fan of the lock shop. That's yeah, why. That's yeah. Why. <laughs> Hard not to think about um, work stoppages with Gary Bettman. And, um, you know, I know he likes to tout uh, franchise values are higher and revenues higher, but I think that's true for all sports. I think you got to think of the work stoppages. I think getting off ESPN uh, for the TV deal and going on to OLN, I think that really hurt them. For a while, and then the exclusive with NBC. Hey, man, know. he's been thirty years commissioner. I mean, you'll be able to find some things that he did yeah. poorly. I'm oh, there's... telling you right now, we yeah. don't have a team, and we don't have a show right now. If it wasn't for Gary Bettman helping yes. this team come back here to Winnipeg, and that's why I think Bettman is more popular in Winnipeg True. than he is just about everyone else. If you kind of really, you know, think back to what's come up. Now, listen, I know people like still having fun booing him and. I, like his sense of humor when it comes to getting booed cracks me up each and every time. Uh, but overall, there's been a lot of real positive things that have happened on the the uh, on the commissioner's watch. That being said, there are many fans like yourself that are still pissed off about certain sort of lockups. But I, I'll say this: I can't really get too mad about it because without those and without the salary cap and what we've got in place right now in the National Hockey League, we don't have a team. So if you're a Leaf fan. Or a Ranger fan? Yeah, maybe. I could see it being a little sour about it. Um, here in the smallest market in the National Hockey League, these are just things that were necessary for us to compete and uh, not to well, survive first, but also compete. And the Winnipeg Jets have certainly been doing that so far this year. All right. We're just about ready to do our third qualifying race in the Marbles Tournament of Champions. Um, once again, big oh. thanks to Joe Spicy and the guys at Consolidated Supply because the winner of the championship race is going to be getting a pair of bomber season tickets for the 2023 season. So there's one user in chat who's got a Royal Sports um, image as their profile picture. They don't have a name with their thing. Uh, so I was like one short name when I put it in, and that is why. So I've told them you have to put in a name. You can't have it blank. So they won't be in the race. Oh, okay. We'll just put... Royal sports. I'll put blank Royal sports. Logo. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Royal like, sports, but they logo. got it. There put in go. a name, put in a name. <laughs> Quenville comes out of the cake. <laughs> Quenville. Uh, you could get a nice top 10 list of people that would rattle the commissioner. If they jumped out of his 30th anniversary cake for 
being the commissioner of the National Hockey League. Um, so, yeah, uh, and again, newcomers. Normally, we just do marbles on Friday, and we give away Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodies. I believe it was Trevor Red Ranger who got the win last week. Mm-hmm. Great work, Trevor. Uh, but right now, for the rest of this week and next week, we'll be doing a race at the end of every show. The top three marbles qualify for the championship race. And there is still one other way to get in, and that is going to winnipegsportstalk.com slash marbles. You'll have the opportunity to enter there, and we'll be randomly selecting three more qualifiers from there. And stay tuned. I think we'll probably do an Instagram promo with our friends at Consolidated Supply. We'll put up a post. You'll just have to follow and comment, and we'll pick three more qualifiers from there. But, hey, we all know the best way to do it is to earn it on the track. And that's what we're about to do for the first time this week. First ever five marble race week on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And we've had a ton of marbles early on. And we'll look forward to continuing that as we get through here. Uh, all right, Rima, where are we going today? Well, I got to hit the music, don't I? Uh, well, absolutely. But uh, I was oh, just wondering. Well, I, we can just, we can, we can I get have into that uh, after we hear uh, the muse of our program, the one and only Tristan Rivers music with a marbles intro on WST. Yeah, should I? So Tristan's dial up. So we had the acoustic one Friday, Hess. There's a different one today. Should I preview? Oh, yes. Do you want me to tell you like what it's in the style of, or do you want to try to no, figure it I, out? No, I think we just figure it out and we discuss it in the chat. Oh, man, another beautiful gift to the WST Nation from Tristan Rivers Music. What uh, what was the inspiration for that one, Reem? Yes, Chickster was the first one to get it in chat. Uh, it was Pooh Fighters inspired. Uh, I like it. Sounded a bit like Monkey Wrench. And uh, in the video, they did have Dave Grohl's uh, signature, like, tealish guitar. But yeah, I like I like that one. That was uh, that. I mean, listen, the fact that we're going to be able to have a few different variations of it is the gift that we'll keep on giving to all of us into 2023. And Tristan Rivers music, Candace Jane, you guys are the best. Thanks I, so much. All right. Sorry. I was going to also say, um, I know the song, it says like it's Friday in the song, but it's not actually Friday. I thought about cutting it out, but no, it's just like listening to like a song that you hear it all the time. It's just the words, that's the words to the Marble Race song. It doesn't have, you know, to, be, Bailey, doesn't have we, to be Friday. Bailey, is there any way to make this my ringtone? You know what? We will find that out. That is a great question. And uh, if we could have the marbles theme lighting up people's phones throughout the year, we will definitely try and make that happen. Um, Well, let's get to it. 182 marbles. Everyone looking to be one of the top three for a qualifying marble for those bomber season tickets. Again, thanks to Joe Spicy, Buck and the gang over Consolidated Supply. 
Check them out. Open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East. And you can check out their website at cte.ca. Uh, oh, are we going back to the main menu? Everyone's telling me that we hate this map, so I'll do a different map. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. I the did people the, have spoken? The people have spoken. Am I doing, what am I doing then? The dojo uh, well, or the, uh, the factory too? The dojo. Uh, let's go the factory too. Factory two is a good yeah. one. That's tried and true. I think factory two. Is good. All right. So uh, here we go, folks into the factory two. We go Winnipeg sports talk holiday marbles tournament of champions race. Number three out of 12. Thanks again to Consolidated Supply. Someone's winning Bomber 2023 season tickets on December 31st. And three of these marbles will be in the race. Michael Remus, let's drop them on a Monday. First time ever. All right, here we go. The Factory 2. This is a big one. Everyone's going to be going down. And then everyone will be going back up. Uh, who is in... It's always very difficult to see who the leaders are right now. It looks like Retro Winnipeg's doing well. Timothy Bones, I think, is in the mix. We'll see who gets out of here first when it comes down through it. The Factory, one of the great, great Marlboys. All right, this is tight. Very, very tight. Mike Wynn, the legend of 316. My guy. We'll see you tomorrow night. Huge game. Jeremy Nickerson in the mix right now. Uh, David Zook, Keith S. looking pretty good right now. Oh, we've just had an elimination. Who got knocked out? Another one. Cruiser got knocked out. Uh, but it looks like it's uh, Rianne P. Milroy in the mix right now. Um, it is tight, though. It is tight. This is a great race, and this is actually a great course because we do get a lot of excitement. And always a close one right now. All right, people getting thrown around this. Who will get out first? Oh, man, it is absolutely, it's anybody's race right now. Anybody's race. It was Rian. Now we're going into oh, Agent 047. Your boy Mitch is right in there. I see Riley. But as of right now, Agent 047 has the slightest of leads. But again, it's a nice place to be considering you really only have to be top three. Get on the podium and get in to the championship race. Agent Q47, Jeff Johnson, Bartholomew, the top three right now heading into, what is this, quality control here? Uh, oh, wow. Bartholomew just took that. Oh, oh elimination <laughs> at the end. That's a heartbreaker. Jeff Johnson, too. Fill some in. Oh, my God. Larry Eloy. Randy D. There, this is. That was an absolute disaster. Who's still alive? Randy D. Ray Polverosa is in the mix. Phyllis is in the mix. Phyllis is in. Mike Wynn is in, and Ray, Roy Polverosa, our top three. Epic race. Oh, we'll definitely have to keep the factory two in for another race or two over the course of the Tournament of Champions. Well, this is great. Roy Polverosa, phenomenal, and two of our most popular regulars in chat making it to the final 
Michael Wynn, and Phyllis. Remo, that was one of the all-time great races we've had, I think. That was a tight finish. Uh, Phyllis sped by everyone. It looked like Randy D, I think, was going to win, but Phyllis, Mike Wynn, and Roy getting in there. So tough break for Randy D. Uh, Bartholomew, I think, had the heartbreaking elimination. It looked like he was going to cruise. It was right at the end. A lot of people got eliminated. So uh, There's Agent Q47 in chat. He says, rip my marble. Bunch of eliminations Uh, there. Well, the great thing about this, folks, is you don't have to wait a full week before dropping him in again and getting another chance to win. It will be happening tomorrow. We'll open up registration around 2.45. We'll have a great marble race to lead us into what will hopefully be a great game at Canada Life Center with the Jets taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. I think we're going to get a few uh, few marbles getting burned here. Yeah, Jeff Nelson just got burned. Took a little bit too to- a little bit too long. There it is. Phyllis, Michael Wynn, and Ray Polverosa, Randy D just coming up short by like one one hundredth or one yeah. tenth of a second or so. Yikes. Uh, who else is in there? Jeff Balmer, Mr. Hammerdance, Jeff Bowes, Peppermint Patty, Miller Time 1980, another former winner, Manny Fran as well. Well, hey, great start to the week. Um, well, hopefully we can uh, get a nicer start tomorrow for the Jets and uh, take out the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll break it down tomorrow. Uh, I believe Mike McIntyre is going to join us in the program. Maybe have a little bit more on NHL news coming out of the Board of Governors meetings. Uh, wrap of the full week of action in the National Football League, looking ahead to the Thursday nighter and three games on Saturday this week. And of course, everything else happening in the National Hockey League and around the Central Division right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, hey, we've got to thank Nick and Nikki DQ Group for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. May have to start adding some DQ ice cream cakes back in in 2023 for Marbles Mania. Um, hey, but if you are thinking about maybe a cake to add to the holiday festivities, any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's is where to go. Or hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They can make it for you and get it ready for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. And just on the way out, a big cheers to our friends at Little Brown Jug. Had a couple 1919s yesterday watching the football games with the fellas. Men, that beer is good. As are all of the little brown jug options. Check them out at the brewery and tap room. Check out their merchandise as well. And hey, if you can't make it downtown, you can get merch, you can get beer, you can get it delivered citywide at littlebrownjug.ca. And when you're at your local beer store, make sure to look for the good stuff. Winnipeg's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to Michael Remus, Dave Poulin, Jeff Hamilton, and everyone with us today live on YouTube. Podcast listeners, don't forget... Set a little alarm, pop in towards the end of the show and get out of the marble race this week and next, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Get ready for the Jets and Vegas Golden Knights and qualifying race number four in the Marbles Tournament of Champions right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great night, everybody. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.